Hey folks, thanks for downloading, subscribing, and checking us out. This is the LLA Show, Live Life Progressively. Sincere Hogan, that's me. Mike Marlin on the other line. What's going on, brother? Oh, I'm doing good, man. We've got one of my favorite guests back on the show today. We're going to talk to him in a little bit. Some really interesting stuff about to come up. Just wanted to do a quick shout out to a lot of our listeners that are using that coupon code LLA to get 10% off and get some great supplements and support the show. We've got Jim Swinglehurst out of Australia, Sean Ireland out of the UK, Jeremy Cotts, Sean Sterling, John Smith, Cameron Cadet, Scott Peterson, Russell Dunsing, Rod Harris, and Tavis Murray. These guys were all using that coupon code LLA to get 10% off. They don't want to be freeloaders. They don't want to take advantage of our generosity and get great content every week and then do nothing in return to pay it forward or pay it back. <laughs> and so use that coupon code, folks, LLA to get 10% off. And what's going hey, on man. with you, man? Hey, man. Also want to give a shout out to Aneska Piska over in the UK. I hope I didn't butcher your name up. There's a lot of A's in there, man. Great, I feel great like... singer. Great band. <laughs> so, it's not like I lost a lot of money on Wheel of Fortune buying too many vowels when I said that name. Man. <laughs> <laughs> and also Pat Watterson also um, using that coupon code LLA. I believe we got Pat coming on the show. Um, He's going to be on the month. show next month. Yeah, yeah, really interesting guy. It's going to be awesome, man, to have him on as well. Yeah, Navy SEAL turned fitness instructor. He has a, I forget exactly where he's based, but he has a, a gym that he opened up recently. Really interesting guy. I'm looking forward to talking to him yes, when he's awesome. on the show next Definitely awesome, man. And then also to our Patreon subscribers, man, the Patreon folks who are supporting us on a monthly basis, they're like, hey, man, yeah, we're buying you guys products and everything. And we also want to take it a step further and support you guys on a monthly basis with Patreon over at patreon.com slash LLA podcast. I want to say, I want to give a shout out to Mark. Hennington, Mark said, uh, first of all, becoming a monthly subscriber on Patreon is another good investment, meaning I believe he picked up a little hint from the Rohi Kalra episode. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, so he, he's investing in himself by investing in our show. And we appreciate yeah. that, Mark. Really appreciate that. Also, to Martin Pelchat and Elvis Torres as well, all new Patreon subscribers, support us on a monthly basis. We're up to 52 right now. Here's my thing, man. I, I'm, I'm gonna go out there with a goal for 2016, man. What, what number should we shoot for with those Patreon subscribers? I, mean, I think 150. Is I was saying, I was about to say yeah. 150 because I said 100 yeah. is lowballing right now. That's yeah, really, exactly. That's, that's not very. That's too easy. That's, that's that's unlike us to go that low. So you know, honestly, yeah. So we're looking to get 150. In fact, I'll raise the stakes even higher. Let's get 150 by June. You know, let's do it by our third anniversary. And if, and if we don't, I'm going to take on that sponsor that has the underwear of the month deal. Okay. You're going to have to listen to us talk about that every episode. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and the razors and all that. Anything yeah. else, we're just going to take. We're just going to take on all sponsors that have something of the month. You know, the panty of the month. You know, the, the sex toy of the month. All that. You're going to hear all that madness unless you go over Patreon.com/slash/llapodcast and become a monthly supporter of the show. Otherwise. You're going to get new panties every month. So you can't blame <laughs> break, anyone but you. Break out the red panties. <laughs> <laughs> and you can send those red panties to those who can listen to the show for free with their head up their ass. So therefore, it gives them nice, something nice and warm. You're going to keep them nice you and warm. You know, it's funny as I've been uh, reading Suzanne Summer's new book, which talks about dealing with toxicity in the environment and our food and how to address that. Right. And one of the things that some progressive doctors do to really clean out the liver are coffee enemas of all yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. It's well, exactly what it sounds me, like. Trust me. I've, to my, I've had people send me links. So, you know, our listeners have actually seen <laughs> like, Sincere, have you heard of this? I'm like, yeah. To my, do not ask me what I think of it, and do not ask me should you do it. Because, um, well, here, here's what I think. I think, I think 
I think a lot of our listeners should. Yeah, look, coffee's supposed to go the other direction, not not going in. It should be going. Well, the the, the thing is, is that it's it's actually very effective for for liver toxicity. But on on a separate note, it's very effective for our listeners who have their head up their asses too, because you know, know. it's time to take that coffee one step further and clean out the liver, and all of a sudden you may have this level of clarity where you're like, man, you know, I've been. I didn't, I didn't realize I wasn't supporting the show until I started doing those coffee enemas. Or so maybe, something to think about. Or maybe just might wake up and like, wait a minute. Is my head up my ass? How did I get here? <laughs> <laughs> and then use the coffee to lubricate your head out of your ass, okay? <laughs> just make sure you don't use hot coffee, all right? <laughs> use some organic coffee. Make sure it's room temperature cold. <laughs> Yeah, we'll, get, we'll get that doctor. His name is Dr. Gonzalez. I'm going to look at He's a really interesting guy, on, actually. Man. Yeah, I want to get him on, on to talk about that further. He's got a lot of other interesting ideas on alternative cancer therapies and things of that nature. So that'll be interesting. <laughs> Perfect, man. Cool, man. Without further ado, we've got our good friend who's been on the show many times, Anthony Roberts. And today we're going to talk about SARMs, otherwise known as Selective Androgen Receptor Modulators. Both of us have played around with some of the ones out in the market, so we're going to provide our insights and then just get into what this class category of performance enhancers are and if something maybe you want to consider. Anthony, how are you doing today, man? Good. How are you guys? Good. Doing good. We've... Uh, We've had an interesting discussion before we started recording, as usual, <laughs> and talking about some of the strange characters in our fitness business. We won't get into that today. But also, I'm curious. We have some UFCs coming up this week. We actually have three in a row. But the one I'm most curious about is Saturday, where we have Conor McGregor versus Jose Aldo, and then we have Luke Rockhold versus Chris Weidman. As a, as a fellow New Jersey guy, actually, he's based in New York, right? Yeah. Chris Weidman. Okay. Well, you're close enough. <laughs> you're New close Jersey, enough. New York. Yeah, you know. yeah, it's all the same. So it's by a little bit of water. You can still see it from your house. <laughs> I'm curious. I'm actually. I'm, I'm curious. I'm curious what you think. No, I'm curious what you think of those fights, Anthony. Who do you think is going to win? And I'm also curious, sincere, of what you think is going to happen because I'm planning on placing some bets. I honestly think so. Let me get into the geography. I think we say Weidman and uh, Connor are my prediction but like geographically i'm i'm like eight miles from like down like midtown manhattan so that whole area like we all sort of it's all sort of the same thing whereas if you get a little bit like further south well i mean not a little bit but like more towards the center of the state like those people aren't yankees fans like they're eagles fans and they're Oh, you know, <laughs> like they're, you know, they're Phillies fans. Like they're completely not like Northern New Jersey, like this whole area, you know, we're Yankees giants. So sort of the New York, you know, New York, New Jersey, kind of same thing in that, in that regard. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I like Connor. I think he's, I, I think he's gonna he's gonna probably be dominant for a while. Yeah. Or I just well, what what do you what what is it about his fighting crush. style? What is it about his fighting style? Do you think that it makes him the favorite against Jose? Um, I think they match up. To be honest, I think they match up well. Like I don't think it's, but I just there's something about. I guess his, you know what, I know more about his preparation, so I sort of see his, you know, he's methodical and, you know, I'm sort of more familiar with him, so I'm thinking, all right, he's going to, 
you know, he's, he's sort of got the advantage, but, um, and like I said, I think he's actually, I think he's going to be doing it for a while. I think it's going to be one of those situations where we see someone on top for, for quite a bit of time as opposed to, you know, well, Dana White definitely hopes you're correct. Exactly. <laughs> well, he's well, got personality, you know? Well, that's the thing. One is one is clearly he more marketable tickets. than the yeah, other. He sells tickets, man. He's very he, – he makes you believe in his confidence. There's no doubt about that. But it's hard – when you just look at this strictly on paper, right, taking all the personalities out of the equation, it's hard to bet yeah. against Josie in my opinion because he's number one number one ranked fighter pound for pound. And also, he hasn't lost in ten years. And when he did lose, it was he was really sick before that fight, and he was really out of it. And that was ten years ago. That was a long time ago. But then you throw now, in this monkey wrench, though. But the fact that he's been out for all this time, and he's coming back yeah. after that injury, yeah, which, which is say. which that's is true, a little different for him, you know, where he didn't get to have his one fight a year like he normally does. And Connor's been fighting, you know, so Connor's been pretty much there's no ring rust right there. So he's been very active. Also, so, fighting for 10 years, think about all the wear and tear exactly. that you have as a result of that. Exactly. Yeah. And we were talking about this before uh, we started recording. You know, Connor's kind of one of those guys who's more of a mixed martial artist. No real specialty, mm. you know, compared to Jose. You know, Jose, yeah, yeah stand-up and jiu-jitsu is pretty much his right. thing. But Connor is kind of like, you can't say, okay, this guy's a, a boxer or this guy's a Muay Thai specialist. You know, he's another one of those guys that's a little bit more well-rounded. So, yeah, there's right. probably people hearing this right now like, yeah, 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 I'll, you know, Aldo, Aldo, Aldo. Just because he's been the champ, and that's why they go with that. They feel secure saying that. But, hey, people said the same thing about uh, Ronda. Well, okay. Connor is the Connor is the betting favorite actually right now. Josie's an underdog. Yeah, and probably, really? and probably, yeah, for oh, those, yeah, yeah. probably for those same reasons that I just stated. So they probably think like, well, he's been out of action for a while, and, yeah. and they may have bought into the hype. Yeah. So you know, I mean, you know, I, I honestly, I'm go, I'm going with Connor on this one. I'm going with Connor on this one. Just yeah, I'm on the fence right yeah, now. You know what, man? I mean, you get on. It's one of those people are you know people are going to be the favorite. Based on like a lot of that stuff you said, like personality and people looking at oh this guy's been out of it. Like, yeah. I don't think he should. I don't think we're talking about more than a, a six to five though. And, and you know, if we want to be realistic, it's it's very and, close you know, actually. Yeah, in the it it's, it's not. Okay. It's not like Connor's a two to one favorite or anything. It's just a slight margin. Yeah, I'm wondering how they're going to do uh, Holmes and, and Ronda. Oh, right. the, re- the rematch. Holmes, Holmes will be the favorite. Holmes will be the favorite. You know, yeah, because, no doubt because, about it. Just because of how dominant she was. Absolutely. You know, it, it would be very stupid for them to sit there and say like, "Oh, okay, <laughs> Ronda's going to be like a, a four to one favorite." Like, no. Yeah. Please put the crack pipe down, okay? And <laughs> find a new drug. So, yeah. Holmes may be a four to one favorite. <laughs> exactly. Uh, given I mean, how dominant <laughs> she was last time. Yeah, there would have to be. A lot of people are still going to bet on. A lot of people are going to think it's going to be. Well, those are the same people that that bet on Anderson the second time around with Weidman. You know, we were talking about because they were so used (laughs) to him dominating, and then it's like, okay, no, this time around, he's not going to beat himself. Okay, so yeah, man. And what's what's funny, even in that rematch, sincere, is that Anderson lost the first round. Yeah, you know, it's not it's not like he was doing well. It's not like it was competitive before the leg break. Weidman was winning before the leg break. During the break, you can actually see like Anderson's face. Like, okay, what what the fuck do I need to do? (laughs) You know, it's like okay, I wasn't expecting that. That was way too soon for Anderson to do a rematch. Yeah, yeah, way too soon. Yeah. After you get your clock cleaned like that, you need some time <laughs> off and you know, reassess things and so forth. You don't just go fight again seven months later. So with with Ronda, I think she needs a long time before she does a rematch. But they're not they're not gonna. I don't know if they're gonna give her a long time. They're probably gonna they, want her know, to do it said, next year. Like it's gonna be. She said it's gonna be half a year till she could like 
even that's not yeah, Apple. Yeah, 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 that's how bad her job was. Yeah. But even so if she even if she does it means, this time next year, it's still not it's that's still not enough time in my opinion to close those gaps. Not for, yeah, not for the thing. Yeah, she but, needs to work uh, on it. I mean man. they gotta have to give her at least you know, at least those six months. That's tough. That's tough, man. You know, like to take six months. And remember too, like this is something that if if you've ever been the best at something, right? Yeah. Like the best. And you were the best for five years, and now you have to spend six months as not the best, as number two. That's devastating, man. Which like, is why, which doubt. is why six months is not long enough for the fact when you think like that. You Absolutely. Know, so, so you need to go find a, a good sports psychologist, somebody really help you with your programming and get you sure. re, and get you mentally recalibrated from that because all you're gonna be thinking about is revenge. I got to get my belt. I got to get my belt back, which can be a yep. detriment. So right. it's like you you probably need to take another year, a year and a half off to get your mind right. You know, before you come back in there because you're gonna make yes. a lot. Of, you're gonna make a lot of mistakes on top of the ones you made on the last time you fought. Because Otherwise, it's like someone gambling and they just lost a bunch, and they're like, <laughs> exactly. "Okay, I'm, I'm not leaving until I make it back." You, know? <laughs> you yeah. end up losing even yeah. more. That never know? works. <laughs> yeah. it's like, I'm not leaving. Tough, man. But tough. Imagine being like, just think about that: being the best for so long, and now you have to like show the maturity and the patience to live with not being the best. You know what I mean? Like without rushing into that fight, right? It's that's a that's a tough thing. Like the, the average person doesn't. Well, that's why you need to really know. That's why you need a good you know? camp around you. Yeah, you I, I was just about to say you got to have the right people around you who are not just gonna blow smoke up your ass and just like look, you know, just really help you with that mental training or make sure you are connected with someone that can help you with that mental training because they'll a, a yeah, good a good coach have, would know that. that. I mean. Like you look at like not so right now, not right, right now. Honestly, dude. Out. Honestly, you know, not that I'm in that camp or anything like that, but right. just what I what, what I've observed and just from experience being in that world, man. Honestly, think that she really needs to change camps. I, I know about loyalty and all this, yeah. but at the same time, if you are truly a good coach and you really have the interest of your student at you know the best interest at heart, you would say, you know what? Look, I'm gonna go. I, I'm gonna hook you up with this person. You know what? You maybe you and you know maybe you need to hook up with Freddie Roach and take care of this. Maybe you need to go work on you know go down to Winkle John's camp and do this and and not worry so much about you losing money by losing that client. You know you need to look at it more like okay I want this I really want this person to be the best who they can be and I, there's a lot of holes that I can't fulfill here. Okay, yeah. so and I know there's sure. guys much better than me, much smarter than me who can help you with this. You know send them to you know. You know, um, send them up there with Frankie and all those guys so she can learn some freaking head movement and, and some foot movement to go with that, man, you know, and, and be around the Gracies or whatever, you know, and just, you know, and I'm not talking about the ones out on the West Coast, <laughs> you know, so, yeah, so, yeah. Man. No, I mean, because that, that's what I was thinking. Like, you know, you have her mom saying that her coach is, you know, this is the biggest scumbag ever, and you have, like, sort of all these so- – <laughs> Somewhat dubious people. I mean, I'm not saying there aren't good people in your camp, but there's some there's some people that maybe aren't the best to be around someone who's number one. And, and you saw that well. greatest example of a dude who was clearly number one, was clearly dominant, but had a bad camp and a bad entourage was Mike Tyson, right? No doubt. After Customato died, yeah, exactly. Right? Well, again, the wrong. You know what I'm saying? It. After yeah. Cus. 
Because Gus was more concerned about him being the best. He was not worried about, oh, I'm going to be, you know, this famous guy who coached Mike Tyson. He's like, no, I want this kid to be great. Whereas everyone after that saw him as a product and they could make money off him. He was a piece of meat, man, after that, man. He got around Don King and all of them, man, and Bob Arum, all these these vultures. You know, they're just like, oh, he's ripe for the picking because now his gatekeeper's dead. You know, so now we we all have access to him, so they're all fighting over him, man. So, yeah, that's the thing about it, man. So you – I really just feel like, you know, she really needs, I feel like she needs to take the next six to eight months just being alone. Get away from her fucking mother. You know, get her out of your, out yeah. of your ear. Get away from the, the three horse women. Well, first of all, that, that's also a telltale sign right there. Like all of them lose, lose and lose, which shows me that obviously in that camp, it seems like Rhonda's the focus and, and everybody else is not really getting their due. You know, because yep. all those girls, I mean, yeah, I mean, some of them were questionable as far as talent, man, but come on. You know, when you got the Queen of Spades, like, she, she, this girl is like a legend, man. So it's like, why is she coming over to the UFC and just getting her ass handed to her all the freaking time? You know, it shouldn't be that way, man. It's like. No, you should have, like, I know out there in Vegas, right, you have, uh, in terms of BJJ, you have Drysdale's camp. And they're right, killers. right. They're killers. They're, I mean, they go out there, everything. I mean, they're, they're crushing people, you know, in every, Every BJJ tournament, everything, they're crushing people, right? Oh, yeah. It's they great, don't it's have great just center. the one guy. You know what I mean? That's right. Yeah. So, yeah, man. He's, mean, he's a, he's so a that's, great coach, Drysdale. It's a good camp. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. So, I, I just think, yeah, she needs to put that time and money and go into the best in all those categories where she has big holes. Look, you don't need any help with, with judo at all. Okay? But the thing yeah. is, you're going to need some help to help your judo. So you're going to need more than judo and you're going to need a real boxer. Okay. You're going to need somebody who's like been with nothing but boxers, you know, and that's still what they do to teach you what they do. Like, Hey man, Pacquiao even bowed down went to Freddie Roach, man. So what makes you think that who you have is better than what Pacquiao would pick? (laughs) You know, even Mayweather put that, you know, raised the white flag and said, Hey, I'll help you. You know, despite all the trash talk that's gone back and forth. Hell, why not? Take him up on his offer. Yeah, you know, that's a little redemption for him as well, <laughs> you know. So yeah, so why not take him up on that offer? I mean, shit, he's proven that he's the best at what he does, even if it is moving around the ring and avoid getting hit. <laughs> you know, well, so. yeah, he, you know, he really reduced, he really reduced it to a point game, like, you know, sort of a, a game of who can play this sort of intense kind of tag, right? You know, right. and get more points. Like he kind of reduced it to that, which. I don't think anyone's really ever, ever done like that. Well, he did it so well. He you was know? so good at defensive, the boxing, and just avoiding getting hit. Well, that yeah, was, that gave really him longevity. And scoring the points. And yeah. somebody, that, that gives him longevity in the game as well, you know, instead of just being punch drunk, you know, and just going, to, going yeah. through all these wars or whatever. He was a smart businessman on that. Yeah, a lot of those fights weren't exciting, you know, but hey. But yeah, man. So, but, so here's, but you know, here's you know at, the, at the end of the day, it's like, who cares if yeah, they're exciting exactly. or not? It's his longevity. Like when you, when you hear him talk in interviews now, he's not slurring. He doesn't have that delay reaction yeah, here's the thing. You know, to answer a question. You can say what you want about, okay, he can't read, but at least he can talk. Okay. <laughs> I know a lot of boxers that can read, but I can't understand a damn thing. They can read me that story, and I wouldn't even know if they could read or not. <laughs> you know? I'm like, there's some punctuation. What you know what, though? I, I don't know. I think, I think I'd rather, I think I'd rather be. I think I'd rather be Mickey Ward. To be really honest, yeah. nobody's writing songs about Mayweather. You know, 
Well, yeah, but I'm, 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 not, I'm, not sure, I'm not sure if he cares, though, when he's in his mansion and he's yeah, relaxing. Exactly. Yeah. Who cares what people <laughs> no, think sure, and how yeah, they I'm remember sure. you? Yeah. No, for sure. I think Mayweather would rather be Mayweather. But I, I, for me, I, I think I'd rather be Mickey Ward. You're, you're not a guy who chases fame, so that's not too surprising <laughs> you know, to me. You know. <laughs> I mean, no. actually, fame or luxuries, I should say, as well. Right, you're not right. a materialistic guy. <laughs> no, no. But yeah, man. So yeah, you nah. know, getting the Ronda, I said she should, she should hook up with like Henzo Gracie, man, and and get a jujitsu game down. <laughs> and like I said, in that same camp, like I said, she can get around like Frankie Edgar and learn some head movement, learn how to be spastic. Okay, one thing about it, you're not gonna really punch yeah. Frankie. You're not gonna punch Frankie in the head. You can't find his head. He's constantly moving. He's a riddling kid, man. You're not gonna catch that dude. You know, something to be said about they that. They used that to football. both be sponsored by Gaspari. You think they knew each other? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They, I mean, they shared a sponsor. You'd think at some point they must have crossed paths, right? <laughs> yeah, it's hard to say, though. Why Why would they cross paths, right? Unless you're at some company meeting or something like that. <laughs> Otherwise, it's just here's the check and wear our shirt, and yeah, that's it. Exactly. <laughs> you know? And use that as their manager coming in. Like, hey, yeah. you got this new sponsorship. Here's the shirt. Make sure you put it on at the, you know, at the end yeah, of the Yeah, but remember, man, remember, this was five, ten years ago. Yeah. It, so this was five years ago, so it wasn't. It wasn't wear wear the shirt. It was show up to this GNC and sign autographs. Okay, this was right. this was a while ago. Well, one's on the east not, coast, not one's now, on the west coast, know. though, right? So they probably had Ronda at west coast GNCs and then Frankie at east coast ones. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't really make yeah. sense to fly him out to LA, <laughs> right? When they when there's he can cover the whole eastern seaboard. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Man. No, I mean this this was long enough ago. You know, now I'm sure you don't get either of them at some supplement store, but back in the day. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I always question whether the supplements actually work when I see them blowing a lot of money on sponsorships, the money hose, right? When, when you have to pay people to say your products are great, <laughs> what does that say about your products? You got to pay to say. You know what? Yeah, I kind of like we talk, like we're talking about, like you know, Holly Holm, whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, at at a certain stage, and, and this, I guess, this kind of goes for. For you know MMA, but I, I guess a lot of stuff like you need that sponsor just to train. Like you know, I mean, it, it mm-hmm. helps the athlete. Oh yeah, no so, doubt. But, but not... you just need, like I was saying before, there are guys sleeping on mats. There are guys who who want to go train at some you know awesome school, or they're living in a fight house, you know, with six right. other guys, you know, that that kind of rotate in and out. But trust me, yeah, fighting is something so, you, you know, definitely do because you love, man. You know. Yeah, it's not a luxurious yeah, lifestyle. Yeah, because it takes it takes a minute to get to that that stage, man. I mean, you got to be you got to put in that work, and otherwise, yeah, that's where you're gonna end up. You, I mean, you only get some of these guys only getting and these ladies are getting like maybe five grand, ten grand, 50, you know, fifteen grand at you know for a fight. But then by the time they have to pay everybody, pay for the membership, pay the coaches, yeah. pay for the flight, pay for all the expenses, blah, blah. They're down to like maybe a, probably about a thousand bucks, 500 bucks or whatever. Then the uncle Sam wants his piece of that. So, you know, if they're smart, they're going to make sure they pay him, you know? So what ends up happening is I, I feel like no. a lot of fighters can learn a lot from, from BJ Penn, as far as, you know, really turning yourself into a brand, really learn how to market yourself and not have to just solely depend on those checks that you get after the fight. Basically, you know, you know, you why, why live pay, you know, paycheck to paycheck in a fight, especially when you may not only get a paycheck, but once a year, 
You know, that sucks. So basically, and he's got an we, awesome website, BJPenn.com. Yes, I mean, yes. One of the best MMA sites. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. So think about that. When these fighters, if you get 20 grand for that one fight, and you've only fought once that year, I mean, when you actually break that down, you're, you're, making, <laughs> you're, part, you're making less than the new kid working fries at McDonald's. Okay? Yeah. Somebody, yeah. And he didn't have to get punched in the face. Well, maybe, or maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> you know, some of these McDonald's are in bad neighborhoods. But I'm just saying. Maybe worse. <laughs> so, yeah, think about it. I mean, they're Walmart workers making better money than the, some of these fighters. And especially fighters you would think would be making better money, you know, because you see them a little bit more often. But, yeah, so so basically it might be the equivalent of them making minimum wage when you actually break down what they make in a year. Yeah. It's sad when you think about that. Like, wow, they're putting their bodies on the line like that, and they're making probably, like, if you broke it out, it might be $10 an hour. <laughs> you know, so it's crazy, man. Yeah, and that uh, sponsorship money, you know, it comes in. Yeah, oh, yeah I, I, understand why the, before, I understand why fighters and athletes – take and want sponsorships that's yeah. that's very clear yeah. what i don't understand is why supplement companies feel that's a good use of their money because you're <laughs> blowing a lot of money that could be put into developing better products and using more guerrilla marketing type exactly. techniques so, it, so when everybody's sure. wearing a sponsorship t-shirt at the end of the fight i'm watching the ufc i watched four hours of it right so i've watched 12 fights and in that 12, well, this is pre-Reebok sponsorship. Now, this is when actually everybody had their own sponsors, you know, before everybody started wearing the Granimals. So it's just, you sit there, you watch 12 fights, and I've, I've seen 12 different, I've seen 24 different T-shirts, you know, in that four-hour period. <laughs> Do you really think I'm actually going to remember any of those? Like, oh, let me go to their website. Oh, yeah. yeah you have, like, a pen and pad writing stuff <laughs> <Yeah>. down. <laughs> so basically, they... You know what? It's, it's funny you guys bring that up, right? Because, like... I don't know, uh, like, I don't know what the nexus is between, like, someone, like, I remember BSN used to sponsor the UFC, I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, Forrest Griffin. And there was that other company, Zion. Yeah. 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 Um, Chuck Chuck Liddell made a million a year off Zion's. Yeah, like, there's a dude, well, there was a dude over at the Spine Nutrition named uh, Dan Pierce, and he he does BJJ at uh, one of the Gracie schools here in New Jersey. So I know, like, that was his thing. Like, he brought in uh, Brian Stan, who I think is like a great representative for a brand in general, yeah, sure. yeah, just yeah. because of who he is. Like, not really. I mean, very little to do with his MMA career. More like this. This guy's his, his personal background. So brought, you know, you know yeah, he's a war hero for the most part. You know, oh, yeah. and, and what he's doing for you know for wounded vets coming back home. So. You know, and, and again, very well spoken. And he's the guy that can walk into. Oh yeah. He can walk into an octagon, or he can walk into a corporate boardroom, and no one would feel intimidated. Yeah, yeah. You know, right. it's like, oh, he's very presentable. Yeah, he's freaking six foot two or whatever else, two hundred something pounds. But you know, like you know, the little bald CEO can actually talk to this guy and not feel small. <laughs> you know, yeah. feel like he's his. Yeah. Equal. So, so yeah, yeah. But but here's the thing about supplements. Yeah. Supplement. The thing about supplements is this, though, if. The supplement users that are legit supplement users, they only care about yep. one thing, if it works. Nobody's right. going to keep buying yep. something, no matter who's endorsing it, if it doesn't work. And if you if you take something for three months and you didn't get any benefit out of it, why would you buy another three-month supply? It's it. It's over. You're going to move on to something else. I, so I, so, so I don't understand. I, I think so, you so, get a month. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Three months is being very generous. I'm giving people a lot of leeway. If you don't notice something, it, yep. by the time that first bottle is over, forget it. Yeah, that's dude, that's exactly what I say to people. Like, you get a month. Like, you know, you get this guy has a GNC gold card or whatever, or he orders supplements from bodybuilding.com once a month or whatever his deal is. You get a month. 
Well, that, that's why, to me, the most important month. thing is that the product actually works. The only reason I'm competitive yep. as, a, as a small business, sells four products completely direct to the customer, no distributors, no advertising budget, nothing, is because I actually have stuff that works. So I, I rely on repeat business and word of mouth. Otherwise, yeah. I'd be dead in the water. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, and that's the thing. You know, you, you need to... And there's something to be said about that too. Yeah, I mean, as, for people who even not even in the supplement business, you know, our listeners out there that who are entrepreneurs or want to be entrepreneurs, you know, when you sit there and you focus on those two things that Mike just brought up, man, I think you'll go a long way. When you actually focus on creating a product that people are going to believe in and they're going to be, be, become repeat customers and go out and tell people about it. When you focus on that instead of all these gimmicks and bullshit and, and you know, or thinking that you're going to get paid by promoting somebody else's product and that's going to make you a millionaire by, you know, buying their company saying that's my company, blah, blah. It's not your damn company. <laughs> shut, it's not your damn company. Okay. So just shut that up. But when you sit there and you focus on the customers you do have, and you know, again, that, that 80 20 rule right there, you know, when you put like, 80% of yep. all your energy into those 20% of those customers who keep coming back, man, come on, man. You come on. The thing about it, they're going to go out, they're going to do the work for you. You don't have to worry about flyers and, and, you know, and mark, you know, direct marketing and all this other stuff and sending postcards out and all this other madness or just spamming people to death. Those people are going to be your cheerleaders. They're going to go out and get you customers, man, without you even asking. They're going right. to say, somebody's going to be like, Hey, man, what is that? Oh, man. To my this testosterone booster, okay, it's really helping me out, man. I feel so, so much better. Look at my numbers. You know, I was feeling like a straight up woman for a while there, man. I was crying. <laughs> I was crying on command. I'm just like, hey, <laughs> drop a tear. It's like that commercial with Danny Glover. Now he's like, when he's acting, he's like, I can cry just like this. There's a lot of guys who actually do that, and they're not actors, okay? So you know, Danny is like, now guys feeling all good. He's like, yeah, now I'm banging my wife every five minutes. And I'm like a damn bunny rabbit now. Some guys can be like. Oh, sign me up. Where do I get that? Okay, so there's the difference right there. And, and that's a testimony that you can't bullshit and create on your website, you know, and say that when this is a testimony from John S. You know, and all these other fake testimonies. Right. That's a real deal testimony because these Well, you can tell when a testimony is real because it's usually pretty detailed. It's detailed. They're, they're yes. breaking down all the benefits they had rather than something generic such as, oh, this stuff is for great. Me. I felt I feel incredible on this, and that's it. It's like okay, this, well, it's the only product let's I use. Some more details. I'm like, and why? Well, because it's great. What, what's so great <laughs> about it? Everything. <laughs> you know, I just can't. Well, pick, it's like I online can't consulting, right? <laughs> if, if you have, if someone does a three month program with you, they're not right. going to want to resign if they didn't actually get good results. Exactly, they lost man. weight, they put on muscle, they got stronger. The numbers. You know, if someone's coming to you for a program to get stronger, whether you got stronger or not is pretty obvious. By the end of the program, you know, you look yeah. at your beginning numbers, you look at your end numbers. Look, if man, you're not anytime, happy with the results, then forget it. Exactly. Anytime I've done anytime any kind of like online coaching, man, with any of my clients, whatever, I always tell myself, hey. Three month minimum. Okay. So, and I tell them why. You know, like, first of all, that first month is going to be a transition period. You, it's trying to get you into your groove. Second month, you're going to start seeing some things happening, whatever. Third month is when things really start kicking in. Then, you know, hey, it's up to you where you want to go from there. No one's ever stopped that for three months. It's been to the point where sometimes I'm like, okay, man, it's, it's been, it's been nine months now. You're good, <laughs> you know, or yeah, you know, exactly. at a year, I'm really done. Like, all right, we're good here, buddy. You know, unless they have a different goal, you know, <laughs> no, if you know if you're doing a good same, job when you get when you have to get rid of people, <laughs> you know, you're doing a good exactly. Job. <laughs> so if the goal doesn't change, you know, if they're not trying to change. Well, now I want to do this because I'm feeling so good. I actually want to compete in this and do this. OK, now that's, that's like a reboot. That's like a new three months right there. But, uh, you know, for that first goal and this and it hasn't changed. I'm like, all right, man, we're good here. 
<laughs> so we can move on. Somebody, yeah, I, I, somebody I don't like dragging people along. No, you know, I, don't, man. I, I, don't want, I don't want people to become reliant on me. I'm, After gonna, like I'm not going to lie. I'm going to get well, bored. Well, they should know how to design a program now because that's what I do. I, I, I explain very clearly. Yeah. I, I don't do it anymore, so I should say in the past tense. I used to explain very clearly why I designed it this way. And then they figure out, okay, I cover the five pillars. I get an upper body press, upper body pull, upper lower body press, lower body pull, some torso work, some conditioning. They start getting the idea of how to design stuff themselves. And then by the time they're, they've completed three, six months, nine months, whatever the number may be, they have a pretty clear idea of how to design programs for themselves. And that's what I like. You're empowering people. Exactly, man. Because – Again, and then yeah, it's crazy, like, man. It, when it, people have some client for like five years, five years <laughs> on the same online program, like, and that person looks the same. I'm like, um, that's no. Well, well, that, well now, now you're a glorified counselor for that person. Well, I'm gonna say now that you don't look any different than the person that goes to their personal trainer, or whatever, or they go to 24 hour fitness and they've had that membership for 10 years, but every Monday you see them on bench press and they look the exact same way they did 10 years ago and last yeah. year and five years ago. I'm like, dude. It's not working. You need you need to change this up, okay? And quit giving your money away. You know, do something better with your money. Well, one of the big those people usually fall into a category of people that do not have clearly defined goals. Right? Yeah. If you don't have you don't have a clearly defined goal, you have no target whatsoever. Like this year, for example, at the beginning of the year, I go, I'm going to deadlift 550 no matter what this year. That's it. I'm going to hit it, and I hit it last week, 555. Right. So I mean, so because it was on my mind every week, you know where you're going. You have a target. Every workout, you know where it's leading to. Now, if I just say, "Hey, I want to get stronger on the deadlift," that's not that's, that's not specific mean, enough, man. Just, yeah, mean, you could you well, could put what? a pound on the bar. Exactly. I was about to say, the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> like, yep, nailed it. All right, goal. You could tape two pennies to the east side. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you got to You got to have a number that gets uh, you excited too. Like you actually care about this number. It's not something where I'm like, "Hey, sincere, here's your goal for the year." It's like, no, you have to want. That should be your goal. You know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, but but it makes yeah, up. training with someone. Like if you're paying, you know, if you're paying someone, you, you know, and you're like, I don't know, whatever, 30 years old and you're with them for five years and the only number that changed is that you, now you're 35. <laughs> <laughs> That's a problem. <laughs> Did you make any progress? Yeah. I'm, 35. yeah, I'm, I'm alive. <laughs> I'm still here. I'm still working out. <laughs> I started at 30 and I gained five years. <laughs> no, but I, I can't tell you how empowering it is to have a goal and hit that goal. You know, it's yeah. exciting. It's what is what has kept me working out for so long is that I like achieving goals. Exactly. Whatever it is, whether it's okay, I can do ten hundred yard sprints. I want to work up to fifteen, and you hit fifteen. You're like, bam! I said I was going to do it, and I did it. You know, it's 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 very empowering when you say you're going to do something and you actually do it. Because so many people just talk and they never do anything, right? Just talk out of their ass, we have, man. Like, we, have, okay. we have New Year's resolutions around the corner now, and that's a perfect oh, example of people saying. I'm going to do this this year. I'm going to do that this year. They don't do anything. And every time you say you're going to do something and you don't do it, it just takes your energy down a notch. And it makes you like a glorified asshole. Let's just go ahead and be honest. It's like, okay. And then every time you open your mouth from that point on, everybody is like, oh, here you go. It's like you lose your credibility, yeah, like, man. Here when you run in, this like you see someone, and then they're like, oh, yeah, I'm working on this. And then you, for whatever reason, you don't see them for a long time. Like maybe three years later, you run into them. Hey, man, you're like, oh, man, whatever, whatever happened to that goal you're working on? Oh, that. Whatever, man. That didn't work out, man. That whatever happened to that book you were writing? Did you finish it? They're like, nah, <laughs> still working on it. <laughs> whatever happened to the hot chick that said you were going to get? Like, 
book. Nah, she got fat. <laughs> that's the, that's the big one, man. The book. The book. That's like <laughs> the I've book seen so many people book, writing man. a book. I, but you know what though? That's a tough one. Yeah. That's a very tough one to finish, man. Because I was working on my live life aggressively book for a long time, and then finally I I I, I came up with the idea of I can use it as a fundraiser to help. Uh, soldiers that are dealing with PTSD and abandoned animals. And that gave me the motivation to just crank out the ant and finally get it out there. But otherwise, I was just spinning my wheels, too. See, it goes back to what you were saying, right? That you had something more specific at that point. Instead of just saying, hey, I'm going to write a book, you know, because, hey, that's a good way to market myself, blah, blah, blah. That wasn't as compelling enough. Whereas, like, when you had a cause for that book, like, you know what? This book is no longer about me. Okay. It's, there are other organizations depending on me to get this book out, you know. Right. So right. then it's like, well, shit, now that I've said it, I got to do it now. <laughs> you you know, so. yeah, I mean, it was a total paradigm shift. I couldn't stop writing. I'd wake up at six in the morning, and I'm not a morning guy because I just I'm like, oh, I'm gonna write about that, and then you're just writing the whole day. So right. it was cool. It was a cool feeling. But once you finish it, you're like, I don't want to ever do that again <laughs> you know? because it's tough, man. Hey, man, it's let tough. me tell you, just just putting together a chapter in that <laughs> in, in the wellness code, I'm just like. Okay, and then all the editing, and then going the back and yeah, forth, right. and all this other stuff. You're like, oh my god, who's who's who actually makes a career of this? Like, God, Stephen King, how <laughs> now, the hell did you do this? Imagine doing ten more of those. Chapters. That's what I'm saying. Stephen King, like, you know, Tom Clancy, like, you know, bless you, dudes, man. And you've been doing it for twenty, thirty, forty years. I can't, I can't read a Stephen King book in the time it takes him to write. One. <laughs> he, just, <laughs> like, he just shits them out, like, dude. <laughs> but again, he has it set up to where he can actually focus on doing that. Which, which is kind of why he kind of seems like he does when you ever see him in interviews. Like, yeah, you don't get out very often, Stephen. <laughs> well, even, even Robert, he's Green awesome, said, man. He's great. No, he's yeah. a great writer. Robert yeah. Green always says that you're the author of Mastery and Power, yeah. Forty Eight Laws of Power. But a fiftieth fiftieth law, he basically said that every time he sits down to write a book, it's extremely stressful for him. Like his anxiety <laughs> just goes through the roof. And he was a guy who's written several books. Well, you know, it's because like, he knows what the process is. Exactly, it's the process. And then you probably think about that last book because that, that's just like a musician. It's just like you're as good as your last hit. So right. you're probably looking at that last book. Yeah. Even, even if that book wasn't a hit, now you're even you have even more pressure to make it better than that last one that flopped. Or if it was a big one, it's like, well, shit, I got to match that success. So that's why I laugh when I see all these musicians, these artists. Well, I can't even call them artists now. These these groups and these people in the music industry now who keep dropping albums every six months. I'm like, you know that there's no quality in that. You know, <laughs> right. I'm like, look, man, look, just follow Adele. Adele's giving you numbers as she's making albums. She's like, okay, there's 19. <laughs> when she was nineteen, yeah, yeah. there's twenty one, <laughs> and then there's twenty five. It's like, do you see what I'm doing here? I'm taking my time. And yeah. the reason why she comes out and she kills and slays everyone every time she drops an album is because she's taking, she's got her process down, and she also takes that time off. Kind of like what we were talking about, what Rhonda probably needs to do. You yeah. know, just, when you take that time off, you can come back and destroy, man. Like she just. She just dropped well, the I mean, song the good old days, like, killed everybody. You know, everybody yeah, used to, her record is selling really well. Yeah. You know, in the good old days, though, a band would take two, three years in between each album. They well, would yeah, put right. out an album, go tour, and then that's you it. You don't hear from them yeah. for a while. Like Michael Jackson, he dropped an album every time you got a new president. You know, it was, uh, <laughs> me, when it's time to vote, he dropped a new album back then. You know, every four years. You know, a lot of those guys are that way. Van Halen, Bruce Springsteen, all of them. You would get an album from, that's why it seemed like in certain years, you had a ton of all these badass albums like during the 80s because everybody pretty much took a time off right at the same time. You know, so it's just like 84. You know, you look at all the, the big albums that came out during that time. Then you got like 88. And then pretty much after 92, you know, pretty much after grunge and all that, after 92, everything just kind of went downhill because now. But, that, you know, it's funny you mentioned those years, right? Cause yeah. You basically you covered, right, like if you look at the, and I think they were the biggest band in the world at the time. 
Guns N' Roses, right? Yeah. They came yep. out with Appetite. Then, then they made that last mistake. They came out with two albums on the same day, <laughs> right? Yes. <laughs> and that was it. Two and long then, albums, too. <laughs> Those weren't like five-song albums. Like, they were look, long albums. Look, man, you're, you're not in the game long enough to do some type of concept like that. Okay, you, you get, well, well, the you real get, problem is it was nowhere near as good as Appetite for Destruction exactly. either. That was a big disappointment to everyone who bought Every it. Every like, track eh. on Appetite was like, yeah, man. Appetite's a masterpiece, I mean, start great. to finish, man, masterpiece, exactly. masterpiece. If it wasn't for that said, album, we wouldn't even be talking about that. Exactly. Right now. I always said that the, the real test of a true, great, al- truly great album. Since I was young, man, it's like when I can put it on from track one and it finishes at track twelve, and I didn't hit stop, fast forward, or anything <laughs> right. at all, and. I no. it, and then I turned the tape back and I said the tape. Yes, I did. And I turned the tape back over and started again. Okay, yeah. that's the or I take the needle and I bring it right back to the very beginning of the album right there. So that's the truth. See, testament. that's something big. If you train like if you grew up training like in your garage or yeah. in your basement or something, yeah. that one yeah. tape that you could yeah, bring in—that's your training tape, man. That was uh, that was important. When the album is over, your workout is over. Okay, yeah. so so you got about fifty-five minutes, man, to get this done. Somebody, right. unless it's like, yeah. you know, unless it's a group where it's got some badass musicians, like you know, somebody like like the Eagles or Rush or somebody like that, or you know, or Zeppelin or somebody like, okay, maybe about an hour and a half because those long ass guitar solos. <laughs> it's just like, damn man, come on, I'm dying over here. Come on, wrap this up. So yeah, man, that, that's the true testament. Yeah. Whereas now an album pretty much lasts like 36 minutes. I'm like, really? Most songs are like two minutes and three minutes long. I'm well, like, come so, I mean, on, you're man. lucky if you can find two or three songs that are worth even exactly. downloading off an album, no matter <laughs> exactly. who the artist is. Yeah, but you bring, you bring, you know, you bring Led Zeppelin 4 into the garage to work out. You better be wrapping it up by stairway, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Wrap that up. Yeah, you throw, you throw in Dark Side of the Moon, like, all right, it's going to be a trip, man. So, you know, I hope this is like your active recovery day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know there's some people listening, like, what are these What are these groups they're talking about? Whatever, whatever you're trying to do though we're like what no but whatever you're trying to do that's high quality is going to take time we see that in our industry as well the fitness industry where one coach puts out a book and it breaks and then all of a sudden there's a new book every year which are nowhere near as good as the first book because now the pressure is on hey you got to pump out more it's like well that first book took probably five to ten years of research and working with people to write and now all of a sudden you have to write another one in six months to a year of course the quality is going to drop exactly yeah and you're gonna always be known as that guy. That's why, that that's why I haven't written a new book in like five years. No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what I was actually thinking? I have to be honest. I was I was actually thinking about taking Beyond Steroids and doing a whole like doubling the length and just doing chapters on on SARM because those weren't out back then. Yeah, that's right. You could yeah. definitely do an update, and that's a good segue. So that's that's how you do it, right there. Yeah. Uh-huh. No, that, that's 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 true. I, I thought about doing that with one of my old training books, just adding in a bunch of new material. But then I'm thinking, nah, I'm going to leave that in the rear view, man. You know, I'm, fo- I'm focused on other stuff right now. I don't need to go back to that. Just buy it. It's all right. <laughs> you want any no, new was, stuff? Just I've, read I've articles. Been, read the articles and listen to the show. Yeah. No, but I've you can been, you could do a, you could do a whole book on songs. No, you could do a whole book on. Let's let's talk about SARMs yeah. because that's that's one of the things I wanted to get yeah. into on and this. And we're episode. saying SARMs, people, not SARS. So we're not talking about a disease, you know, coming from. Yeah, that's SARMs. <laughs> so again, they're selective androgen receptor modulators, and it's it's an it's a relatively new classification of performance enhancers, and they're pretty powerful stuff. I mean, the three that I've played around with, Osterin, and I know you I know you've played around with that one, 
Anthony, as well as Nutribol, yep. which is a secretagogue for growth hormone. It increases ghrelin, which is a hunger hormone, which is a secretagogue for growth hormone. And then there's another one called Carterin, which is not really a SARM, but it's often looped into that. And SARM is incredible. I mean, uh, Carterin is incredible stuff for improving a lot of health markers as well. HDL, cholesterol, glucose disposal, insulin sensitivity. And it definitely helps with fat loss and, in, and improving endurance. That's what I noticed right away taking it is that all of a sudden you need less recovery time between sprints, repetition work. You just felt like you had way more in the gas tank. And then I noticed I was getting bigger and leaner, which is really difficult to do. So that, that one I, is my favorite out of all of them because I feel that it doesn't really have any downsides, at least that I came across. The research was pretty much 100% positive. I mean, there was some evidence that maybe it may increase cancer, but that was with a dose that's way beyond what you would ever take. It's like saying aspirin is dangerous if you take the whole bottle. It's like, don't take the whole bottle, dumb fuck. <laughs> then it's not that dangerous. You know, iron, uh, taking iron is dangerous too if you take the whole bottle. <laughs> Just take one tablet. <laughs> all right. So which one, which ones have you played? First of all, how did you, how did you even discover these, Anthony? And then let's get into some of the ones you've played around with and what your results have been. So th this is like super weird, but I, I actually just, I happened to know a dude back uh, in 2007 who uh, he was, your, you know, your sort of your typical steroid source. You know, he was on outlaw muscle and all this. <laughs> you, met, you met him in a back alley. Uh, I, met, I met a guy who knew a guy. <laughs> I actually met him. I actually met him in person, to, to be honest. I did not to, not for that, but I just, um, I happened to have met him a few times. Uh, Good dude, and he was like, "Yeah, I'll send you a bottle." It's uh, and I, I knew what they were from the research, but like I never. He was like, "I have you know two bottles. I used one. I'll give you one." And uh, you know, it was kind of like it was pretty wonky, like just like a medicine dropper type bottle. Um, were, were you worried about what it actually is because it could have been anything, right? Yeah, I mean, it could have been anything, but it's it's kind of one of those. Like, I knew the dude for a while. Okay. Um, you know, I, I knew that if, if I was being – I knew that he wasn't going to lie to me. I know, like, you know, his source in China might have, you know, been lying. But I tried it, and I was like, all right. It was, uh, it was Austrian, and it was like – you know, I was like, all right, this is similar to – like a low dose of testosterone. Like that's, that's the best way I could describe it. Right. Um, and then, so that was 2007. So you got, you got so bigger and stronger with what kind of, what kind of results did you get with it, Anthony? You know, I didn't get much bigger. Um, but like I could sort of feel, you know, gained a little bit of muscle, lost a little bit of fat. And I'm only talking like pound, you know, a couple pounds here, like not. Right. Well, that, that was my experience as well in about five weeks. I, I, that one intrigued me because of the, the joint health properties as well as the bone health properties because I'm dealing with this, this arthritis in my left arm where the bone is almost on bone right there. So that's what intrigued me. And I did find some relief taking it on that front. And I did notice it at about maybe a five pound increase in size yep. and a small reduction in body fat because abs were sticking out more body was more filled out and then a boost in strength it wasn't a boost in strength where you're like oh wow you know i just put 50 pounds on my deadlift but it was a boost in strength where you had a few more reps and a few more pounds on heavy sets yeah yeah that's that's so like for me like the, the first time i used to like the, the say the, say like the first week you know you don't feel anything and like the second week 
there's this there's these couple reps that are added onto everything. Right. And you're like, huh, all right. And then the sort of the third week is like, yeah, I think this is working. That's kind of where you stay as far as I I see with the with this arms. Like you're right. like, this is working. Right. You know, you're adding reps every week, you know, everything seems to work is a good way to put it. Like your programming just works. Right, right, exactly. Um, you know, you're hitting all your all your marks, you know. So that's like workout consistency is there. Your work, you're, you're not having those bad workouts as often. You have this because you feel like yeah, you're just, you feel no like you're in workout. the pocket. Yeah, you feel like you're in the pocket. It's pretty cool. Yeah, everything. Yeah, everything just keeps working. Like you keep adding those reps. You keep, you know, you're moving up as you shouldn't. It's not crazy. It's not like oh, I put 25 pounds on my bench in, in a week. You know, it's not. Right. It's not like a high dose. And I don't know that there's any dose that gets you to the high dose. I doubt it. And, and, I, and I don't think that's necessarily appealing anyway. I mean, it is to someone who is, let's say, new to the game and impatient. But I rather have these small, consistent gains because you're going to hold on to those where you have these big yeah. spikes that don't make sense. You tend to have a opposite effect where you lose it quickly, too. Yeah, no, I feel the same way. I mean, that's and I, I haven't seen, you know, there's been some minor differences uh in terms of okay so i used um you know ostrin versus andarin or whatever and okay one seems to be a little bit more of a more weight gain and less fat loss kind of a thing but it's still minor right um you know the the you know, the carterin or whatever uh i haven't used that and like you said there's some weird stuff with you know, with the cancer and like, I don't know, rats got like tumors or whatever. Um, but, but in the research but, there though, was, was that it was at an extremely high dose that yeah, is, that yeah. is far from the daily recommendation, but it's just something people should be aware of. You know, when you're playing around with these things, you're basically in somewhat uncharted territory, which is what I want to emphasize with folks. Yeah. There's data out there. There's some research, but there's, there's not a, a ton of human data, especially over the long term. So you have to really take that into account. And the unfortunate thing is that it's not like testosterone where, uh, where researchers will research testosterone just to research it. Like, right. Hey, we're trying to find out this property. You know, Hey, let's, what happens when you get this much or that much? Or, yeah. You know, maybe we could discover something in terms of SARMs. That's not why people research. Right. People research SARMs. It's because of the company that patented this particular SARM is paying them to research it. Right, right. So, while I'm not saying that's, you know, the worst thing in the world, it does impact, you know, the data. Right, right. Um, but, like, yeah, and what like you're saying, it's not a SARM, but it kind of gets lumped in. I don't know why. Um... Cardin on the uh, MK six six seven, I guess. Um, yeah, the the Nutriball, the growth hormone secretagogue. Yeah. Yeah, that gets lumped in too. I have no idea why. Yeah, they're not SARMs, so, but they, but they tend to be sold by the same websites that sell SARMs, and they they tend to be discussed within discussions of SARMs. Yeah, yeah. No, it's interesting. Like I don't I don't know why, but they they are. They're just sort of in that same. Well, the thing with Nutriball, I, I, I didn't, I didn't do any tests to see if Nutriball increased IGF one, but I will tell you one thing: it definitely increases ghrelin because my appetite was through the roof 
for the first week that I was taking that. I, I had to wake up in the middle of the night one time to make a meal because I was so hungry. You know, and that that never happens to me. And then it taper and then it tapers off after that. So it's not something that's prolonged the entire time you're using it. But the increase in ghrelin for the first couple of days, in my experience, was definitely pronounced. And what you said you were you were at uh, twenty, right? Yeah, twenty milligrams. Yeah, so I was I was at twenty, and the appetite thing was there. And what I noticed too in the in the research was that people did get the appetite uh, increase, and then it did taper off. Like that's right. you know right. Exactly in line with the research. Um, I mean, it's kind of fun the really first week because you're, I mean, you're just, you're just, you know, you're really. I'm not a big eater as it is, right? I'm not like a big foodie guy where I'm just like that's a big highlight of my day where I just want to eat all the time. <laughs> so this was like an unusual experience for me to you know, to be hungry like that. I was like, man, I feel I kind of feel bad for people who are overweight if this is how they feel every day because right. it's hard to resist eating when you have that ghrelin response. Yeah, no, no, it is, and and you kind of like. It's weird because you you eat and you're like, like your stomach is full, but you're like, wow, I'm so hungry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a weird sensation. Yeah, that's for sure. And the worst, the worst is what you said. Like you're you're asleep and the hunger's so bad that it's uncomfortable. You wake yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, I had to wake sleep. up. It's like three in the morning. I had to wake. I was like, I'm not gonna be able to sleep. I was in there sleep and I was like, nah. That's I was worst. like, nah. Just just go back to sleep, man. You'll you'll be fine. Just wake up in the morning. But I, I you, know, you couldn't stop thinking about eating. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's, I mean, I, so I, I was using that at 20 and Austrian at 30. Right. And I, I honestly didn't need that much. So I, I cut it, I cut it to 20 and 10. Right, right. Um, that seems to be the sweet spot for me. And that's the other thing is more um, is definitely not better with these kind of things. Some people are going to think, oh, well, I tried 15. Imagine if I tried 50. It's like, no, nah, it's not going to be better in my opinion. And then that's where you may get into some negatives, right, such as increasing liver enzymes and such things of that nature. Well, I mean, to me, like, the you know, the goal is to get the most out of the least. Whereas, like, when I was younger, I was like, ah, how much can I take without dying? You know, like, <laughs> like, I, like I would do, like, because I, you know, you write a book about, you know, steroids, people just throw it at you, right? Like, right, right. You know, like, hey, try my new stuff, like underground labs. <laughs> doing like grams just because I had it. Like, just, hey, let me, you know, let me fire up three cc's a day. And, hey, I didn't die. Awesome. You know? <laughs> um, I don't think that's the best way to go about things. Uh, but no, then I, you know, like now it's, what's the best result I can get from the least amount of stuff, you know? And that's for me. Um, yeah, for me, it's, it's 10 of the, uh, the MK 20 of the, the Osterin. I actually have some, uh, LGD. I want to say it's like 2086 is the number. Right. That's the one you sent me an email about. What, how does that one differentiate from Osterin? Uh, not much at all, to be honest. Like, I'll yeah. go back and forth between them. Right, right. I feel like Austrian, uh, I, I actually feel like Austrian puts a bit more weight on me, whereas my friends say the opposite. Mm. So, I don't think there's, like, a huge, you know, there, well, there's a couple things. The first is, I don't notice a huge difference. Right. But, they're so new to, like, the underground or whatever, that, 
we haven't had that time where people, you know, use them and go, well, I used, uh, trend is better for cutting, right? Trend's been around since the sixties. Right. Right. So we don't have that sort of body of, you know, user experience to get yeah. us there. Yeah. Is there, is there a length and of I time? I think we'll find that stuff out. I think we will yeah. eventually. Oh yeah, sure. Is there a length of time you think is optimal for something such as Austrian, such as eight weeks on, four weeks off, four weeks on, four weeks off? What do you think? Um, I'm, to be honest, I've never gone past, I want to say, eight weeks. Yeah. Um, well, well, now I have, actually. I, I probably told you this, but I got I had both hips replaced. Right. Um, so now, I mean, the Austrian, obviously, like, Osta as in osteoporosis, right? Right. It's for bones. Yeah. So I'm sort of trying to regrow bone um, around these gigantic metal implants in my hips. So so I'm doing, I've been doing them since uh, maybe like three months ago. I probably Mm -hmm. started something like that. And um, it's still it's still about the same. I mean, the weight gain, you know, has stopped, but it's about the same. It's that kind of like every workout is effective, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah, that's the other thing I also think is that it's if you gain a few pounds, you're not going to just keep on gaining pounds as it goes on. I think that I think the weight increase comes within, let's say, the first four weeks, and then the, the second four weeks is just more of a pronounced increase in strength has been my experience rather than you just keep gaining weight. Yeah, no. And I think that's with anything, right? Like you don't see guys. And that's why, you know, that's why we don't see dudes at 500 pounds, you know, <laughs> yeah, right. is this, yeah, you, like there's <laughs> definitely, there's definitely a show off now, you know, at some no, point. That's true. You can keep getting stronger, but you're not necessarily going to just keep getting bigger indefinitely. Yeah, strength is so many other right? factors too, right? Strength is neurological efficiency. It's central nervous system facilitation. It's not just it's not just correlated with bigger muscles indefinitely. Well, like and so, I, like I do think that, you know I do think is like you talk about it all the time with you don't want to just drop your estrogen to zero, right? Like, right, right. And and young younger dudes like, or at least me, right? When, like when I was younger, I was like extremes, right? I'm gonna boost my test to a million. <laughs> estrogen is going to be zero, <laughs> you know, like, like, and, and like when you're whatever, 19, you're like, it's a great idea. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, you know, it's not a great, well, idea. a lot of people still think that now they think yeah, exactly. that they think that's the goal that estrogen should be non-existent so in the my, body and testosterone is high. I think naturally thinking like, if I have estrogen, I'm going to be a woman. I don't want to be a woman. I just want all testosterone. <laughs> <laughs> like, come on, man. No, so, that's, yeah, so that's the thing, right? So like, uh, you know, if you look at something like inhibiting, Right, myostat. Mm-hmm. All right, you inhibit myostat, and like you don't automatically become like a, a Belgian blue bull or whatever those right, are, right? Right. Like other things go down, like your your IGF goes down also. So there it, there seems to be like a natural shut off. Yeah, there's a natural like check sort of balance. Check and balance. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Seems like that's there like, for a reason because you don't necessarily want to have muscular growth that just goes off indefinitely on its own no and i and i think like i think you know that that happens like there's that sort of checks and balances throughout like whatever system you're trying to game whether it's testosterone you're like 
well, I'm going to drop my estrogen a bit and that'll boost my testosterone. I don't think that goes on forever. Just the same yeah. way you don't, you know, you don't gain a pound a week. Well, eventually you're going to you're gonna, you're like, feel you know? like crap eventually to the point where you realize you have to do something. I mean, your estrogen drops to a point. You're going to have no sex function, no sex drive. Your mood's going to be off. You know, the exact opposite of what you want. Oh, it's horrific. I've, yeah. I've done that. I've dropped my estrogen to zero. It's you're, you're better off having estrogen terrible. a little bit higher than optimal than way lower than optimal. Oh, for sure. For sure. No, I was I used letrozole until my estrogen was like zero. And that that's the problem it's with not, yeah, aromatase know. inhibitors is that they can drive it down to zero, things like arimidex and so forth. And then estrogen is also important for brain health. So you'll start having just this kind of feeling of depression and anxiety if estrogen is too low. Yeah, no, like that's so and it's just like so I kind of think SARMs are sort of similar to SERMs, right? Selective estrogen receptor modulators. Like mm. you can't go that far with Novadex. You could take a million grams and it's not going to work, you know, considerably better than 10 or whatever. Yeah. It's kind of like with training, right? I mean, sometimes there's, there's an optimal dose in training where let's say, let's say you do five sets of three on the deadlift with 90% and that gets you an increase in strength. And then you decide, well, let's try 15 sets of three and see what happens. And then you, now you have a decrease in strength. So you're, right. you're working harder to get less in return. There's always a balance between the two, and I think that's where a lot of people a lot of people get impatient, and they also get greedy with yeah, stuff. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. Well, I mean, with like uh, Remedex, right? Like, I mean, most of the, the the good data indicates that like a gram is too much, right? Because you get about the same results from half a gram. So why would you take the gram? Right. You know? Well, I get that with my testosterone okay, no, booster. No, no, with my no, testosterone no. booster, I get that all the time. I'll, I'll, I'll even have people who say, "Oh, you know, I tried three caps a day. I felt great." So I just, so I decided to take it up to five caps. I was like, "Look, man, you know, I told you, don't take more than this amount, right, for your body weight." But somehow people just have to find out for their own, you know. But <laughs> they just have to see if they could prove me wrong, and it doesn't work. <laughs> it's it's like you know, believe me. If there were a benefit for you taking more, I would tell you to because not only is that good for my business, you know. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's good. if you get better results, and then you you end up taking more, so you have to buy more. That's a win win for everybody, right? So I'm I'm me telling you to not take more than this and then to take four weeks off or every eight weeks on, that's not good for business necessarily because that's a month where you're not buying it, but it's it's the ethical right. thing to do, it's the right thing to do. And I want the customer to get the best results, whether it hits my pocketbook in a negative manner or not. In the long run it's beneficial. But some somehow we just have especially in America, we have this more, ingrained more, in our more. mind. Yeah. <laughs> like like if I just yeah. tweak this, I'll get even more. And then and sometimes people are just can't even celebrate something, right? Like they hit a PR and then they're going, Oh, but you know, I should have it should have been easier or I should have been able to do more. It's like why? You hit the PR. You know, why isn't that enough? Well, maybe I was a little off, man. Maybe I you know, I I, I just went too too low with it. I should have had a bigger goal. Yeah, it, it, it should have been easier. It's like you hit it, man. Who cares whether you know? <laughs> Yeah, you know what though? That 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 is us, you know, that's that that is like that is a sort of an American thing, you know? Like, so even in like, business, too, someone will make more money than they've ever made, but then they're thinking, oh, but uh, 
Uh, but but I was but by, but I was targeting this. You know, I made three hundred thousand bucks, but I should have made four hundred. Well, three hundred is more than you've ever made. So why <laughs> isn't my, that enough? Like you you know? were, my, dude, you were making sixty thousand last year. Like, <laughs> yeah, what are you talking? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. so your income went up like yeah, five times, man. and then like, you're, you're 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 demoralized because it didn't go up six times. You know? <laughs> well, you know, it's a weird thing. People have like a, a real problem, sort of being happy. Yeah, exactly. Like, in whatever moment they've created. It's like happiness is so elusive for a lot of people because of that, because they're yeah, just they're never ne- happy with they're anything. They're never in the moment. They're, they're too busy thinking about the next thing and the next thing. So guess what? You're always going to have that anxiety and that depression. You know, it's just like, right. well, man, it could have right. been this way. Well, it, it could have gone the other way, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. It could have. Now, been. when I was, I remember, like, when I was waiting, like, for, for my first book to come out, like, it was already, you know, it was being published and all yeah. that. I was like, you know, whatever time it took, right, to get the run done, I was like, man, you know, forever waiting for this thing and and yeah then i wrote another book whatever and it's it's not so much the thing coming out anymore it's like the whole process you know i'm i'm fine the whole way through it's great when it comes out but i'm i'm fine the whole way through yeah when you're trying to whatever bench 315 for the first time like enjoy the process you know don't don't just you know, you hit the number. You don't get anything after you hit the number. Like yeah, exactly. Well, it's like we were, balloons we're, don't yeah. fall from the ceiling and like people come out. Like, <laughs> not you're not going to get a standing ovation. Exactly. And all of a sudden, the president's knocking on your door, like, "Hey, wow. give you a medal of honor or something." Like that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we talk about that all the time. Even it's if like, you so did an- get those things, it's still anticlimactic. Yes, yeah, anticlimactic. We always talk about this. Like, okay, now it's like, oh, well, okay, that was good. <laughs> now what? Yeah, that's it. you leave in the same car you drove to the gym in. Like, you know, <laughs> you, know. you have a new brand new car waiting for you in the back. Here you go, hey, buddy. Hey, man, you hit 550. You got that Ferrari out there waiting for you, man. <laughs> There's an incentive. Yeah, right no, there. None of that happens. <laughs> Just for you, man. Nobody in the gym even knows. No, Just yeah, for exactly. you, you know? And exactly. those that know usually don't give a damn. They're just like, okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you're stronger than me. Who gives a damn? No, yeah, you, you and the guy who started you. Hard. That's it. And he doesn't know. And, and if they do know, they're going to try to shoot you down. Like, oh, well, man, why you got to train so hard? Like, why is this? <laughs> yeah. Why you got to get those big numbers? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. It's like, what what hole are you? What What is this deep black hole in your soul that you have to chase this? <laughs> it's like, I, I think you're just not happy in life. So yeah, you're, you're running. You're running from something, brother. You need to, you need, you need, you need to take a look at yourself. <laughs> yeah, you need to go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> but but I think that's the also thing too is that a lot of people it's it's not enough for them to hit a PR they have to tell everyone about it whether it's a clip you film and put up online and get a bunch of likes or you you tell everyone you know uh, the, the real test is you hit a PR and you just keep it to yourself and you're like man that's awesome I hit it you know so yeah. you, you you congratulate yourself and that's it nobody necessarily even knows exactly that's the real test no then there's like you know I mean like uh, basically everyone I know trains right like I. I Hardly have any friends who who don't, but it's like I, I I don't even I don't know what any of them you know squad or whatever like you don't, <laughs> like you just kind of don't know like, right right I think actually one time Mike I, I saw a video I want to see you were deadlifting I want to say it might have been like four fifty five and I watched it and I saw you do like I watched it just to watch it i don't even remember but i saw you like stomp your feet to oh, old clip. Yeah. assuming like <laughs> nervous system activation yeah 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 and i was like you know what i find though is do, like 
you know what I find those? I don't do that anymore. You know? <laughs> because I find that it's just it's just a waste of energy. But like my friend Peter Rouse like tried that and you know, and it was kinda cool at that time. But now now I, I have Peter. now I have I have more of a quiet energy before I do something. Like for example, last week I hit five fifty five a PR for me and I just walked up to the bar, I was very focused, just grabbed the bar, set up properly, pulled the bar. It, right above the knees, I hit a small sticking point, screamed it through, <laughs> you know, locked it out, put it down. So I, I find that, I mean, some, some, you know, every lifter is different, right? Like if you watch these high level power lifters, sometimes this one guy has like his oh his gosh. wife slaps him in the face yeah, before he's in the face, and they're, they're like Scott Mendelson, yeah, yeah, and they're reaching out, like, what are you grabbing at, man? They're, then they take their hands while they're out and they reach. Some down people and grab do all this screaming and stuff like that. They're, I, I don't really find that stuff is that effective for me. But what I do find, and this is one thing Mark Phillippe taught me, is he goes that that yelling at the right time for the right reason yes. is very effective, right? So if, if I'm pulling a weight that's easy for me, I don't need to yell out like an idiot. It's like, why are you yelling out? The bar is moving just fine. But when I when I hit that PR, a lot of times when you're doing a genuine PR, there's a point where you have to make a decision, whether you're going to finish the rep or put it down. And in, in this case, the bar came off the ground fast, which is always a good sign, because if it doesn't, it's not a good sign at all. And then, and then right above the knees, it started slowing down, and that's where you make that decision. Do I put it back down or do I finish it off? And then that's where that yell, that you know, that sound yeah. increases your force production just when you need it for a very precise reason. You finish the rep. But it has to be timed right. Otherwise, it's a waste of energy. Yeah, you don't sit there screaming from the time you put your you hands know what, on the man? bar. I, you know? I <laughs> Are you okay? <laughs> do I need to call someone? Do you have an emergency contact? What the hell is wrong with you? Man? Like, like, for example, <laughs> sincere in, in the context of kettlebell sport, you know, you may make some noises towards the end of a set, but you're yeah. not going to do it at the beginning Never of a 10-minute ten set. Yeah, <laughs> first of all, you're, it's not going to be a 10-minute set, you know, by that time, because <laughs> it's all about trying to, you know, just tense up at the right time and relax. And so if you're doing that the whole time, I've seen those people where they're just tense, and they, they don't make it past, like, the two-minute mark, man. Three minutes later, they drop the kettlebell. They're pissed off. I'm like, well, first of all, calm, calm the hell down. <laughs> okay, what, what, tell me, what are you doing? Man? It's not like you're going to lift this three times and be done with it or something like that. Like, <laughs> like, come on, man. <laughs> well, you're creating an internal intensity, right, where yeah. it's not necessarily visible to people watching, but you have it. And that's what I'm talking about with a PR here is that yeah. I, I'm creating an internal intensity, which is not visible to other people, but I feel it. And then I'm conserving that energy to apply in the effort because when it's when it's a genuine PR, any effort, any wasted effort could be the difference between a rep you complete and one you miss completely. Exactly. And nothing sucks more than not completing it after you've done all that. And then <laughs> yeah. you're like, what the hell just happened? Well, first of all, scream boy. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. No, you're screaming. Yes, that's not good. <laughs> first of all, shut up. No, okay. there's nothing worse than that. You scream, like so now everyone at the gym is turning to see why you're screaming, and then they're watching, <laughs> and then they're watching you miss a lift. <laughs> That's the other benefit of the scream is like, you know, you feel kind of dumb doing it. So you're like, I better complete this fucking thing so I don't feel totally stupid. Yeah, we've <laughs> seen that guy in the gym before, like, dude, all that for that? Or they do, or they do all the screaming. It's the sub maximal weight. Like, come on, man. Are you serious right now? The you're, scream you're is also. lifting like, 175 and you're like, two, you're 300 pounds and you're doing all that screaming. Like, come on. You should be screaming at yourself. Or you no, I, I'd like rather. That, that's the one lift that I like. I'd rather get stapled underneath the squat. Yeah, there you go. Than like then miss a deadlift like where it just doesn't move. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like you walk up, it doesn't move, and you just walk away. Like it's so, demor it's so demoralized. Like if you sit there and you squat and then you just boom, you have to let it go. It's like oh well. But something about the deadlift, uh, man, when you can't get it up and you're like, 
Yeah. What the hell? When there's no movement, <laughs> yeah, you just exactly. walk up to a bar and <laughs> like, what? Yeah, exactly. It doesn't even come up around inch. You're like, like, you just gave it your whole effort and the bar didn't even move. You're you feel like, like you're on Saturday Night Live on that one clip where you know Hans and Franz. You feel like your arms are about to rip off and start bleeding. Or, or it moves a little bit and you can tell oh, your like, back oh my, is yes. break in half if you try to do this. It so moves just, like one it. inch off the floor and to the left. <laughs> and you put it down, you're like, okay, first of all, I'm not even where I started. How did I end up over here? Okay. And why am I not starting? No, earlier this year I tried hitting 545 and I missed it. I mean, it was like uh, it didn't even move off the ground, and I was like, all right. And and the week before I did 525 for a double, so I thought for sure, no problem, I'll hit 545 next week. But for whatever reason, it was just off. And then that's where you have to have the patience and discipline. Take a week or two off, dial it back, reset, get better with your technique. You know, so much, so much of improving deadlift is improving your technique actually, and that's what I made the difference between missing it six months ago and hitting it last week is that my technique is, is a lot better. And also my brain is ready for the lift. Your mind yeah. is ready to lift it. Yeah. So don't sit there. No, and try I, you, you know miss what? It I, I actually, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, I'll, I'll do it tomorrow. Someone, no, you won't. <laughs> someone asked me right the other day, like speaking of technique, they asked me the other day, like when I do like kettlebells, like double kettlebell, I go outside the legs. Yeah. 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 And they, they asked me why. I was like, ah, the bells get heavier. I don't know. It's, you get these two huge, like the bells, two ginormous bells. I'm um, in the stands. It gets weird. really uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. Well, because that's what you said during, during the kettlebell seminar I took with you, right? You well, said, I mean, especially right, for me, right? Like bell. when I deadlift, I don't do sumo do deadlift. I do a pretty close stance. And then my my grip width is pretty close too, so everything is close to the body. That's just what works for me very well. Sumo has never been comfortable for me. So my my attitude is when you do double kettlebell swings and you're taking that wide stance, it's pretty much the equivalent of doing a sumo deadlift, where it's just not comfortable for me. It's hard for me to generate power from that position. So so then right, I watched it was it's like a, it's like an 18 minute video, right? I was waiting for you to like explain in depth why you go on the side <laughs> you're doing <laughs> double kettlebell on the side at some crossfit place like the background says crossfit uh, that that's oh, a yeah. clip from one of my workshops yeah that's that's why it's so long and so i watched the whole thing waiting for this explanation <laughs> so I wait for it wait and be for like it. oh just fucking do it. here's here's the technical reason why and i just <laughs> watched the whole video i was like okay <laughs> All right, I'm gonna stick with uh, I'm gonna stick with yesterday's explanation. That the I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a little bit better at getting to the point. Now. I don't I don't like to hear, I don't like to hear my own voice now. So I just like this, right from the get go. I'm like, here's why you do it, rather than be talking about the history of the kettlebell swing for ten minutes and then finally get to it. No, no, it's, like, it's one of those things. You know, it's one of those bells. things where purists who don't think for themselves, right? We have a lot of that in the kettlebell oh, world, where it's like someone then someone taught them to do it one way, and they don't even think about trying to do it another way. They don't play around with anything. So then they see me do it. I, I, there's a clip of me doing double seventies for fifty reps. And remember, I posted it, and some oh, guys yeah. like, "Oh, you, some guys like, oh, your technique is wrong. You know, you need to check out strong first. You know, they, they're they're doing it right. Clearly, this guy had no idea who I am and what my background is. I was like, look, motherfucker, you can't swing." Two seventy-pound kettlebells fifty times incorrectly. Right? You're yeah. not going to last long enough, dumb fuck, to fucking swing it incorrectly. Well, you know what? I actually, but uh, when when I lived in New Zealand, I remember I was, you know, playing guitar at this dude, Maori dude, and I was like, "What's this chord?" I think, "Oh, it sounds like a G." And he goes, "It sounds like a G," and he was like, "Yeah, then it's a G." That's the definition of what a G is. It sounds like a G. Yeah. Like 
So by definition, if you can do that weight for those reps, you're doing it right. Right. Like I mean, and also, I mean, this was the, the bells are, are going to chest level on each rep, right? It wasn't like some dry hump move where the bells aren't even you know <laughs> going past their waist. That's the other thing you see is like people oh doing God. these heavy swings, like two hands on, on a bell that's heavy for them. And the bell is not even going above their waist. I'm like, well, that's not a kettlebell swing. That's like some it's kind of like, ballistic deadlift or something. I don't know what it it's is. It's kind of like those half-ass presses we've seen online. Lately. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, you know, by these experts, you know. <laughs> and it's like, like they're no, not even locking out. No, they're not even going past their ear. You're pressing and the bell is five not, inches in front of you. It's not going face. past their ear. I'm like, dude, that's not a press, okay? <laughs> it's like you're, you're – Yeah, if you're, you're not fixating the lockout, if, if the lockout is not fixated, it's not a press. Yeah, those are glorified earmuffs right now, buddy. Okay. You should be able to pause for a second with the bells overhead. No, 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 no. That's always a that's always that's always an indicator of whether it was a complete rep or not. No, I just have to move it, Mike. If I can move it up and down, that's all that matters. Okay. Oh my god. I mean, look at Cam yeah, Black. No, I, so I actually do. I go back and watch videos all the time, like yeah. to try and figure out, you know, something or learn, you know, whatever, and and. You know, at no point does it occur to me, like, like you know, you said, someone's doing that weight for those reps. Like, ah, let me find another video. He must be doing that wrong. <laughs> no. Well, sometimes you see powerlifters deadlifting 800 pounds, and then people in the comment section, oh, is he's using his back too much. Uh, yeah, his back dude, I think you missed the part where it was 800 pounds. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, let's just see you do it with a nice straight like, back. I don't care boy. if his back was rounded. I he don't did care what it pounds. Okay. Exactly. If he stood up with it and it locked out, Bravo. that's impressive. I don't care how he got it up there. <laughs> you know? 800 pounds, any way, shape, or form. Is like impressive. that, it's more impressive than 400 pounds with, with great form. Yeah. yeah, your form it's is supposed to be pretty. How many form. people won't like go look at you know the like a video like they know someone you know who's an expert in something and they won't watch their friend's video because it's like that proximity bias you know where they're like ah oh, that's that's this guy I know him whatever I'm gonna find someone else like no I watch all the time like try and figure out what you know how I can improve or what I could do better, you know? Right. I mean, all the, like all the time. I actually saw another video and this confused the shit out of me where it was you want to say it was you and three other dudes in your backyard and you were going between the legs. And I was like, shit, why are you doing that? <laughs> <laughs> like, so there's another, he's like, he's talking about kettlebells, by the way. Like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm talking like, about like, like, guys <laughs> going between the legs. <laughs> It's like, what kind of video is this? Which, which would make you say, why is he doing that? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. That would, I, was watching like, this? I was like, oh, he'll probably explain it. And so another 15 of you. Like, well, I think, I think I was doing cleans. You know, that's the thing, Anthony. It's like some exercises I prefer swinging between the feet, such as cleans and double snatches, while some outside the feet, such as, as double swings. What I find is that for repetition work outside the feet is way more comfortable because you get into a nice groove. For, for much heavier kettlebell work, Having a wider stance gives you a little bit more of a power base to support those weights and catch it. Like if you have to catch two heavy bells overhead, having a, a wider stance will just help you catch those weights more effectively. So it just depends. In kettlebell pressing, double kettlebell pressing, I don't have a wide stance, but I don't have a close stance either. It's more of a shoulder width stance. Yeah, yeah. So it's just in the yeah, no, body find, mechanics. You know, I actually find outside um Outside works best for me for everything. Yeah, yeah. And some people will find some that. People, yeah, because I mean, like one of my girls, like she's very muscular, you know, and she tends to have like you know, 
the fact that just the way her she, she has big quads, you know, and hips as well. And just going between the legs with the kettlebells just really never made her feel comfortable. She always end up like rocking on the outside of her feet when she go between, which is not a good thing to do, you know. So it's really bad on the ankles after a while, especially if you're doing a time set. So once, you know, I introduced her to doing it on the outside, man, she was loving it. Even on the cleans and, and, and doing long cycle that way, she was very happy with that. Like she, she really found her groove and was able to actually do a weight that was more optimal for her. She actually was actually go a little heavier that way, you know, not worry about banging her knees or anything else, which is kind of crazy when you think about it. think she would probably bang her knees more going to the inside. But again, you got to look about, at, you know, now is, is videos everywhere. Like you can learn that, you know? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and, and what really sucks when we talk about some of these these douche noggins that out there that sit there and they see one technique that's the only way. Some of these jackasses end up calling themselves coaches, and they treat everyone that comes to them, all their clients, with right. that same one way or no way type attitude instead yeah. of really assessing the client and looking at them like, you know what, this might be better for your anatomy. Let's try it this way instead yeah, of just they're, trying to. They're just teaching them what they're doing for themselves. <laughs> exactly. Right? Here's and what works for me, and they're assuming everyone else is going to be the nine same. Nine times out of ten, Mike, it's not even working for them. <laughs> let's just go ahead and be honest yeah yeah exactly figure out what actually works for you first motherfucker let's just go ahead and be honest about it this sucks for them too you know but they won't admit it because hey guru so-and-so the kettlebell god told me this was the way to do it and i'm like him yeah he's a part he's part mutant okay he's got he can do things that you cannot yeah. do he's gifted from birth you this is not what you've been doing all your life okay well, so. you know the, like one of the things and then you know anywhere that i go and whatever from coaching or, and someone's doing and this is something that i had done and then when i went to mike's uh kettlebell uh class he sort he reinforced it like there's this weird thing at the bottom of like a like a turkish getup where like someone they like oh, kick their that, leg out oh that hip bridge thing that they yeah, some people like, some people do the hip bridge yeah yeah i that never made any sense to me well, I mean, they basically uh, say, oh, it engages the core more if your butt comes off the ground and all that. I go, you know what? You want to know what engages the core more? Having the, a much heavier the, weight. The kettlebell, say, having yeah, a, much heavier having weight. Having an optimal yeah. kettlebell in your hand yeah. instead of sitting there me, with me a Me using a 53-pound bell and using that hip bridge is not going to hit my core more than using a fucking 120-pound kettlebell. <laughs> you know, it's, again, it's – And there's no way you could do that with that weird that, like kick at the bottom. No. That weird – My attitude is this. Is that how you would get up if you fell down? Exactly. I'm like, are you going to sit there – and present your penis up to the sky every time you fall. <laughs> and present it to the penis gods or whatever. Like, it's like, like on, Steve Cotter always said it best. Steve Cotter goes, use the best technique possible. And if you want to make the exercise harder, use a heavier weight. Thank you. Quit coming up with yeah. all this crap. Yeah. <laughs> Again, that, I, mean, I, I got a quote. I got a quote. I got a quote, Sonny Pazuka. You know, we were doing a, a, a gunfighting seminar a couple of weeks ago. And he says, you know, the problem with – because this happens in – in the firearms industry too. People keep looking for all these new things when all you need is really the foundation. So basically right. what ends up happening like in the fitness world, you have all these people working so hard on trying to change the freaking hardware instead of just trying to upgrade the software. Yeah. You know, that's the problem. You know, like like I always say, like look man, to my you can sit there and tell me that Kia is like, oh, look at this brand new Kia. It looks just like a Mercedes or whatever else. But on the inside, that engine is still a Kia engine. I don't give a damn if it does look like a freaking Mercedes. You know, and, and, and pretty much is comparable to a BMW or whatever. It's still a Kia, dude. It's, it's the inside I'm looking at. So again, quit trying yeah. to change all these outside things when you should just focus on the foundation, man. Focus on the basics. And guess what? There's not much you need to change with that because that's why they call the foundation and the basics. That's the key stuff. All this other stuff is just stuff. And you're just trying to market yourself to be different 
and dupe people. And then, well, I mean, and, I had a guy give me a nice compliment at the gym. Actually, when I did that PR, he was just watching my warm up sets, and he goes, "Man, he goes, you know, just watching your technique." It's it's you pretty much don't really need to do mud at much else, you know, when you're doing the deadlift. He's like, you do deadlifts and you go sprinting. I was like, yeah. As a matter of fact, I do go sprinting. And like, yeah, you want to do more exercises than just that. But right. he realized right away that wow, you're working just about every muscle in the body doing that one move. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so so many people are doing. Yeah, and, you know, so many people are trying to learn a hundred different moves <laughs> when they don't even have the foundation lifts down, right? Like a good squat, yeah. a good deadlift, a good overhead press, a good pull up, a good bent over row. You don't even have those foundation lifts down where you don't even need to deviate from any of those exercises. Hey, but you I'm can a, just do those ones for the rest of your life. But I'm a master kettlebell windmiller, Mike. Screw you. <laughs> <laughs> and those are all cool exercises too. You know, I, I love windmill and Turkish get up and all these other drills, but I don't want to be able to do those but not be able to do the foundation <laughs> exactly. lifts with good technique and all that. Exactly. No, yeah. Those are those – are, those, the windmill uh, – I don't program the windmill on my own stuff that often. <laughs> no, it's a great, it's a great exercise. I mean, I like it, but I just my, my attitude is focus on simplicity first. Get good at that, and then you can add variety exactly. as much as you want. You just, need to earn that variety, man. Somebody, you just right. can't go right off the bat and give variety. Was like, what have you done to earn that? You know, and change it up a little bit. You can't change something up a little bit when you haven't done the other stuff. So you got to earn it, man. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's like a baby learning how to walk, and he hasn't learned to walk yet, but he's gonna try to learn how to run. No, I'm gonna sprint. I'm gonna sprint now. Like you need to crawl. I'm gonna go from crawling to sprinting and just skip that whole walking part. <laughs> now I'm good. I don't need to walk. I'm good. I'm just gonna try to run and fall over as much as possible. <laughs> I like that. You have to earn the variety. Yeah, and, I th- and I'm not saying variety is a bad thing, but I, but but most people I know who crave a lot of variety don't tend to be very impressive with their foundation lifts because they don't have enough concentration to get good at a few no, things. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pass that off. I'm gonna pass that off as my own tomorrow. I like that. And, I, and honestly, with me, I don't even like variety that much in my own workouts. I'm happy to do deadlifts and squats every week, honestly, week after week after week. What I've started to learn, man, these last few years, is that variety seems to take up more time. Just, yeah. getting, just getting to the freaking point, you yeah, know, exactly. getting it done. And one thing about getting to the point, it gets faster results. It gets things done. Whereas all that variety is like, okay, and first of all, I have a very creative mind. I can create a bunch of shit, okay, as far as variety, <laughs> you know. And it takes a lot of energy to something like I'm a very creative person. Like, hmm, write this, this, and this, and this, and this, you know. So I'm like, that's that's tiring after a while. Like, no, nah, you know what? I just want to go in deadlift, and then after I'm doing that, I might do some core work, and I'm taking my ass home. Okay, I don't right. want to sit there and do like ten stations for one minute each for twenty minutes or whatever else. I'm like, come on. Well, I think and that's every what, now and then that's fun. You throw that yeah. in the mix, but some people that's their main workout every day. I'm just like, dude, come on. Well, I think that's where it makes sense for variety is the assistance work. Yes. So instead of doing hanging leg raises every week, you could do hanging leg raises one day, dragon flags another day, uh, standing ab wheel rollouts, windmill Turkish get up, you know, whatever you want to do. I think that's where. Variety makes sense because those are not the primary moves with the biggest benefit. But, so you can have a little bit more fun there. But if you want to do like squats and then lunges and then trap bar deadlifts yeah, right. and then barbell deadlifts all in the same workout and then do box jumps, good luck. <laughs> so well, it's always, funny to, it's always funny to me when someone hits squats pretty hard. I'm like, hey, good job on the squats. And then they go do leg presses and <laughs> pack squats and leg extensions. I was like, no, 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 no. You don't need to do any of that stuff. Yeah. Man. I, I, did, I hit squats hard this past Saturday. I didn't even want to do anything 
else, period. You know, I was like, like I'm leaving. You, you don't even man. want to sit down. This is like, yeah. I was like, I'm done. You started going, how am I getting home? Because I can't sit down right now. <laughs> I had a whole bunch of other things planned. After I hit all those sets, you know, took everything I had. I was like, I'm done, man. I'm, there's nothing. There's nothing else. From, there's no other reason for me to be here right now. <laughs> I'm leaving. You know, squat is the most important exercise for me to do today. I hit it. I hit it so hard that I'm barely have enough energy to to go do my stretching and right. mobility work. So I'm out the door. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, that's you know what that's 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 the thing, man. You, you look at the average gym, right? There's like 500 machines. They're all <laughs> slightly different. They're, they have tons of variety, but no one. And I don't want to say no one, but 90 percent of the people who go to the average gym don't look any different a year later and don't get any stronger. But you know what? I kind of like one squat, but there's like 500 different leg presses and leg steps. And it's good because that means that's one less person in my way when I need a deadlift. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you just go over there and do that that, that little leg rotation over there, man. Just go over there and do those those leg presses. I I got this barbell over here. Don't worry about that. I encourage all that. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) It's like, oh, no one's using the squat rack? Great. (laughs) What do I do for my hamstring? Oh, you didn't do those leg curls? Hey, man, go over there and do leg curls. And plus, you get to lie down on your stomach. You get to chill. Don't bother yourself over here with this thing I'm doing right now. Did you hear me scream on that last lift? Yeah, you don't want to do that. You don't want to do that. No one ever screamed on a leg curl. <laughs> so trust me, anytime a man's lying on his stomach and he's screaming with his butt up in the air, it's not because of the leg curl. Okay. <laughs> That's someone doing some Oz role playing. <laughs> no, nutrition, nutrition is where people tend to get a little bit distracted with variety too. And what I mean is more planning. So it's, oh, I'm going to do five meals a day this week, and then I'll do uh, intermittent fasting next week. And then maybe I'll try Ori Hoffmeckler's warrior diet the week after that. <laughs> right. It's like, no, get, get, you know, figure out what works for you. And that shouldn't take much longer than a few years of playing around with stuff. And then you keep repeating that. And you may have some variety here and there. Maybe one day you feel like fasting it out. Maybe another day you have your activities higher. So you eat more than you normally would, but you're following certain basic principles that are easy to repeat frequently. Right. You know, I mean, the thing is too, like when I used to do online consulting, you know, like diet and training and all that, like online coaching stuff, you know, people would, I'd write out, you know, meals, like I would look at what they're eating and you could tell a lot from that. Like if someone's eating prepared meals or drinking a ton of shakes, that means they don't have the time, you know, like that's a time thing. It's a lifestyle thing. Yeah. That might not be something you can change. Right. But in general, like if someone said, Oh, you know, I can cook two meals a day maximum. What should I eat? I was always kind of like, dude, you know what you should eat. Like, come on, man. What do you <laughs> yeah. think? Fruit like, loops you know and what pops. I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> Pop tarts. What do you think? <laughs> All right. So you're going to, yeah, you're going to have chicken. Should it be fried or should it, you know. You know, you know some, people, <laughs> some people are really clueless, though, because I'll tell you what. I was watching this documentary on Netflix. It was Lisa Ling talking about obesity. It was oh, like yeah, one of her yeah. specials, right? I don't know if you've seen it sincere. But anyway, they had, they had these kids in there who are really overweight. And they were just really crying and distraught about being overweight because in their mind, they're eating healthy. They're doing everything right, and the weight's not coming off. So I'm like, okay, I'm really curious to see what they're actually eating. And when it finally got around to that part, one girl is eating a cheeseburger and fries for lunch, and she has pizza for dinner, and she's having cornflakes for breakfast, and she thinks that's eating Uh, healthy. Yeah. So 100% of the time when when someone says they're eating healthy – and they're not getting the results they want, guess what? They're, they're lying. Not, yeah, they're not, <laughs> you know, yeah, they're not, they're eating, not healthy. eating healthy, man. And, you know, and, and even in that case right there, those kids are thinking because they're – 
it depends probably on economics, you know, their environment. Sure. So in yep. their mind, their parents are sure. like, look, if you've, if you've had cornflakes for breakfast and you had a cheeseburger for lunch and you had a pizza for dinner, you had three meals where, you know, in a lot of those, no due to no economics, doubt. some kids are not getting three meals a day. So those parents think like, you know, you're healthy because you get to eat three times a day. Right, you know, right. that's what how they're looking point. at. Yeah, so, sure. so that's it comes down to that. But then there's some people, adults, okay, who are walking around and just because they go to a drive-through three times a day, and then they sit there and they get a Big Mac, but with a diet coke. They're like, I eat pretty healthy. And, well, they get excuse me, they get a a child's burger. They get the small <laughs> burger and a diet coke. They think they're eating healthy because they didn't get a Big Mac with a supersized regular coke. So that's what they. Well, I'm doing. Right. Be- I'm doing better than what. Okay, that's the question. Better than what? You know, you're still going. It's the same crap. It's just a smaller size. Still same amount of crap inside of it. Same chemical content. So that's the thing about yeah. it. So again, they they don't know exactly what healthy is because now healthy's healthy's not that cool. But then when they finally start talking about healthy being cool, it's just all these gimmicks. So if they put all natural in front of some crap, like our all natural burgers. Still a burger. Well, you know, <laughs> to my kind of fact, it's still factory farm burger. Okay, so yeah, yeah so like, now you this, know, might, you put- this might actually be like a little like inside baseball, but like the FDA has recently, and I mean within the last month, put out a notice. Right, so like the government will put out a notice, and they're requesting input, mm-hmm. and right, and this this should be filed under the category of you know, you know. They want input on what natural means. Um, like they can't even define job? it. Like, so we have no idea what natural is. <laughs> That's like the attorney general. Somebody, could you please help us define what um, this law is? Could you yeah, define, what, can, legal, can you define what, what civil rights is for us, please? Like, wait a minute. You're the attorney general. You're the biggest lawyer in the land. Wouldn't you know? <laughs> like, come on, man. <laughs> you know, like, like natural. Like, you can give me a list of 100 things, and I'm going to. I'll be able to categorize them as natural or not. It's very know? subjective because it's just like, look, man, look, S&M might be natural in parts of Thailand, you know, with certain things. Whereas to me, I'm like, that's not natural, dude. You're not supposed to put that there. Okay, so <laughs> so it's very subjective. And again, why would the top experts, quote unquote experts, be asking me, you know, or asking their their colleagues who are like not in that position of authority? You know, well, could you explain this to us? Like, first of all, you need you need to leave that job. Well, there's a, there's, a, there's a lot of scams to you, right? Oh. Like in this doc, in this documentary, they discuss how pizza is considered a vegetable. Yeah, yeah I know. It has tomato sauce on it, right? Yeah, exactly. French, French, fri- French fries are French fries are considered a, a vegetable as well. Potato, exactly. Unless so they it's say, McDonald's, which is not even using real so, potatoes. So if it's you know, so if it's a school lunch, they'll basically say, yes. hey, if you if you had French fries for for breakfast or for lunch. And a pizza, you had two servings of vegetables. You know, or or, or you tell your pizza is a complete meal. It's like, look, you've got your dairy, you know, you've got your meat, you've got <laughs> oh. your vegetable, you've got your carbohydrates, you've yeah, got a complete fine. meal. I'm like, you've got some bullshit, is what you've got right there. That's a bullshit story you're selling right there, dude. Come on. Well, what, what amazes That's me, honestly, is how resilient the human body is. The yes. fact that <laughs> the majority of people in this country are eating horrible diets, yet they're still alive. Well, we're so they're, chemically they're still functioning. It's so it's about between the chemicals that we ingest with food and compared to the chemicals also that we inhale in the air, is like right, it's about right. the human body is 
pretty badass. Then we have we have and, cell phones near us all the exactly. time. I mean, so many things. And yeah. about, there are dudes are carrying cell phones in their pockets, but they're still reproducing, having kids. You know, it's like so even, <laughs> even sperm is like you know resilient. It's like mutated or whatever. So and yet people living to be in their freaking eighties. You know, so it's just crazy, man. And it, but it, I it, think, but I think the. The, the higher onset of kids with different conditions, right? Whether it's autism yeah. or yeah. early onset the diabetes. diabetes yeah. I mean, these are all clear signs Something of problems working, in the man. food supply and elsewhere. Exactly. It's just very clear to me. And it's funny how they'll often have arguments of, oh, there's no connection between what you're eating and autism. It's like, well, how could there not be? Because there's a connection between <laughs> so, what you're so eating and everything. Get, how else are yeah. they getting it? They just, oh, it's like, oh, you just rubbed against somebody with autism, now you caught it. Well, how could there happen? not be a connection between what you're eating and whatever problem it is you have, whether it's, it's about, depression the kids, or, or the parents yeah. as well? It's like, okay, so this child was born with this. So something's going on with them genetically. you know. So that means something's happening with you as you're carrying this child. And it may be something that was happening – Two or three generations ago, and now it's finally right. coming to pass. Right. You know, with the conditions that are yeah, current. Even if something's one in a thousand, that's quantified. That's one. Like, sure. That's, that's yeah. one. Okay. Say, yeah, if you say, like, this is one in a thousand, the person who has this lifestyle, eats this thing, is exposed to that thing, will have this result in their offspring. That one in a thousand, you can't just say, well, it's one in a thousand, we're going to get rid of it. Like, that's a legitimate statistic. <laughs> right. Exactly. One in a thousand, that means it causes it. It's always one in a thousand. You know, you don't just get to throw out that result. Yeah, there shouldn't be any example. Exactly. So I'm like, no, well, you got yeah. you got one in a thousand in a population of 300 million. Now, is this kind of making a little bit? That number just got yeah. bigger. Okay, it's right. not just one anymore. Okay, when you start doing the math. Yeah, it's not one in seven billion. <laughs> yeah, That's exactly. One in a thousand. Yeah, exactly. That starts adding up quickly. <laughs> But I mean, no, yeah, also, no also I mean, I, 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 like some dermatologists will say, oh, there's no connection between what you eat and acne. It's like, give oh, me a come fucking on, break, man. man. How could sure. there not be? It's like, you know, you eat a really crappy diet. If I eat a really crappy diet, I start noticing it in my skin right away. Exactly. Skin is the largest detox organ, right? Exactly. But if, if, if I eat a crappy diet for a long period of time, I, my mood goes down the drain. It would be like someone saying, oh, there's no connection between your depression and what you're eating. It's like, well, how could there not be? <laughs> you know? <laughs> It may not be oh, the yeah, only like reason, that. but it's definitely a factor. Exactly. Well, you know, here's the thing about there's no connection, right? Like, and a, a while ago, uh, I don't know if you know who he is, but uh, Rob Wolf. Sure. Yeah, well, you've had him on the show. Uh, yeah, we've had him on the show, yep. He, okay, yeah, yeah. So he said to me he got acne from whey protein. I thought, that's, that's, that's weird. Like that, that might be, you know, a unique thing for you. You know, I was just thinking that. And then a study came out, and it showed there was a pretty – no, I wouldn't say high incidence. I would say extremely low incidence, but a correlative incidence. Like there was enough of it happening. Yeah. And even though it's rare, um, and that goes back to the idea of like, well, there's no evidence. Yeah, there's no evidence right now because we haven't found the evidence. Right. You know, when he said that to me, I didn't doubt him. Like he didn't say yeah, he, he knows whether it's happening or not, right? He yeah. drinks away, he gets acne, he stops, it goes well, away. Well, there here's, you go. <laughs> here's the thing. Yeah, one thing about it. Yeah, again, this very four individual. Days, he gets acne. Yeah. But you can't say he that's going to work for everybody. Eating, you know, a few days. And so I knew it was happening. He wasn't just going to like tell me acne stories or whatever, like <laughs> weird whey protein lies. So I was <laughs> like, oh, it's weird. And I, I thought, well, what could be going on? Well, what, what was going on is we didn't have the research yet. Hmm. 
But then, but then the you question know? may oh, be, no. okay, is maybe the, then the next question would be, What's though, the quality is it, is of the it, way? <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Is it the brand he's taking? Is it is how often does is, he take is it? Is it, in, is it an extra ingredient that's in it? Or, that's what, else, the or what else is he eating? And how's it reacting when he induces, you know, he takes whey? When he introduces oh, yeah, whey. Oh, sure. yeah, sure. There's, One thing about it, what yeah, really sucks with people is when they try to make something be one thing. You know, hey, you know, it's just, you know, I ate wheat and, you know, it made all this happen. Like, well, maybe it was somebody, you ever heard this thing called chemical reactions? Yeah, science. Try that. You know, try that out. Sometimes it's not just that one thing. It's just how it interacts with those other things that's going on. Yeah, and it well. may be a tipping point factor too, right? Like you may have exposure to mold, which is causing yeah. your gut gut to become compromised, and as a result of that, certain foods are now a problem where they wouldn't be if you didn't have that that interaction or that that connection to the mold, that exposure to the mold. Exactly. So. Well, he's got Rob's got what is it? Does uh, he have celiac? Is it something? Yes, yeah, celiac disease. Or like some kind of like a leaky gut kind of thing because I know yeah, he posts yeah. about that all the time. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's so, legit. I mean, that's that's, know, that's legitimate. Be. Some people that's have legitimate. That. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, the real problems come when people say this one thing is going to make that happen for everybody. Somebody, yeah, you know, everybody well, needs to stop so, taking in gluten. You know, gluten's bad for everyone. Right. Just because it's bad for people with celiac doesn't mean it's bad for everybody. Yeah. It's just bad. Just, someone well, has someone one has. One interesting thing was like he said, you know, my clients took. You know, this brand of whey protein and they got it and I actually looked it up and there was a recall because it, it, it was, uh, it contained, uh, wheat, undeclared wheat. So sometimes we think, oh, it was the whey or whatever. But, you know, there was a problem, you know, manufacturing and there's a recall and nobody knew. Right. And it may be an issue with, you know, you having wheat and, you know, and this dairy product combining together. You know, food combinations. Well, yeah. Think sure. about that. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right, too. And then back to that one that was recalled, the weight, it could have been a low-quality product that was high in heavy metals. Exactly. So that's, it's just, that's co- Supplement companies that don't test for these things, like all of my supplements <laughs> go through a certificate of analysis on both ends, from the source and then from the bottling and capping company. Both of them run tests to make sure there's no molds, there's no heavy metals, all of that stuff. You know, and I see that data on both ends, so it's a double yeah. whammy protective mechanism. Now, I do that. Not every supplement company does that, though. Exactly. <laughs> Especially oh, those no. doing mass no, production, no you know, or they're spending all their money on sponsoring athletes. Yeah, they're not, <laughs> yeah. you know, they don't have the money now to sit there and put in all that research. <laughs> Some will look at, they'll go, well, let me look at the cost of testing all this versus potential lawsuits. And if the latter is lower than the former, you know, they'll just let it go through. That's the attitude of a, not, oh, just, yeah, supplement, not sure. just supplement companies, but companies in general. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I know. I know. Like I see all the time, right? Someone will, you know, get caught doing something and you know, the lawyer for the company's like, you know, to settle this lawsuit and this and that. And I'm sitting here and I'm saying like, there is no way that you didn't do a cost-benefit analysis before this happened and just knew you were going to end up on the winning side even if there was a lawsuit. There's no way. You know, and the lawyer's missing his case. You know, well, I thought that it was... No, nah, you didn't, though. Like, there's no... Like, there's no way you're going to convince me of that. Right. You know? Right. To do that, you know... I, I, had, they, they I, didn't, I had an now. ingredient that was I had an ingredient that was supposed to be in my estrogen blocker, and then it got tested, and it came back with mold and some other problems. And what did I do? I scrapped the entire batch. You know, I ate the cost of it. I didn't say, well, you know, let's just try to slide it in the product anyway and see what happens. 
you know, that's what you do if you have some integrity because you don't want to put an unsafe product out there, a knowingly unsafe product out there. And you want to do the additional testing. Like it's not a regulated industry, but that doesn't mean that you can't self-regulate. Right. You know, why do you have to rely on some third party to regulate for you? That should be, that should be something that you do because you want to do the right thing by people. Yeah, I know of a company that actually, uh, I think they're, I want to say it's a manufacturer, actually. It wasn't like an end product company, but right. they had a batch come out 2% off yeah. in total weight, and they uh, they had to scrap the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. So it was like protein powder. Yeah, that's that's a that's a high level of integrity right there. A lot of companies just say, ah, 2%, who cares? 2%? I mean, that's like... Half a scoop. No, it's a, right, it's a, like a yeah. protein powder. Yeah, but they, uh, no, they yeah, scrapped it's, it. It's not overly significant, I mean, but yeah, exactly. They said that they scrapped it because they wanted to have they have a high level of ethics integrity that they want to uphold. Yeah, I mean, I was like, because you know what? To be honest, I go like generally the law goes by like a reasonable person standard. Like, would a reasonable person, you know, whatever. I go by, like, my own standard. Like, would I care if, like, I got 2% less? Like, I wouldn't. Yeah, yeah, that's also true. Yeah, that, that's that's not a big one either right there. It's like, oh, well. My, my attitude is it's more about safety for the customer as, as well as effectiveness. You know, I'm not going to put out a product that doesn't meet label claims, like supposed to have 215 milligrams of bulbine in it, but, it, but it comes back as only 150, and I say, ah, oh, let's just push it through. You know, that's not cool either right. because it has to be an effective dosage. Otherwise, someone's going to take it and they're going to be thinking, okay, I'm taking the right dosage, but I'm not getting the results. It's like, no, you think you are. You're not getting the results because the label claims are not being met. Yeah, yeah I thought I thought it was amazing, man, because I know um, – actually, you might be interested in this. Uh, I want to say herbals are like 80%. Like they have to match, not by weight, but they have to match by like concentration at like 80%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's so much difference in, in natural product. Right. Um, but when I heard this, like I said, I think it was, I want to say it was off by 2% and they scrapped the whole batch. I was like, wow. That's, so I mean, that means like everything. Everything has to be, you know, it's, ridiculous you know, most people won't do that no exactly yeah. well cool man we've had you on for a while here actually real quick on just on the SARMs front is are there some websites that you recommend people check out who want to read up about different options out there um you know what there's, there's a website called SARMs info um huh? that's it's kind of old information because it was written like uh, 2009 by me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> what about, uh, I think there's one so called like, Evo- Evolutionary. Yeah, Evolutionary something. Evolutionary.org, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is that Army site? I think Mike had to hit mute. <laughs> Sounds like he had a delivery. <clears throat> What's that? No, so I think Mike had to jump huh? off really quick because uh, the dogs were barking. So, do you know who's uh? Yeah, what was going on there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that uh, was like a skit in a DMX album. <laughs> um, <laughs> where my dogs at? At Mike's house. That's where they are. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Evolutionary.org is pretty good. I think that's Ar- like Army Leggy's site, right? Leggy? I, I, I don't know because I know Mike referred uh, Mike sent the site over to me. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot of information on that website, man. Yeah. There's plenty. Evolutionary something. Evolutionary.org. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I mean, if you just type in Storms in Google, all this stuff's going to pop up. Yeah. Is that, Mike, is that uh, that kid Leggy, Leggy's site? I think so. I think that's right. Okay. Yeah, he's a good dude. He, uh, I like him. He's the other day. He's the guy who's always posting his clip, these clips on YouTube with his shirt off. <laughs> you know, that guy. <laughs> Is he? He kind of sounds like Steve Cotter. <laughs> He's got like that kind Dude, of tone. I don't know. He's like, hey, guys, I, I, how you guys doing today? <laughs> I'm going to talk to you about SARMs. <laughs> I know the site and I know the dude, but I don't know. I don't know the, uh, the YouTube stuff. Anyway, whether or not it's his site, he's a good dude. And I find uh, most of that site to be pretty accurate. So that's a good. Well, what's funny is how when people try to sell SARMs, they always say not for human consumption. Is that because of some legality? It's a gray area right now? Um, Yeah, there's actually a bunch of Lanham Act lawsuits going around. I see. Um, I know a dude's name is Kevin Smith, and his company makes, like, no money. Like, he's uh, (laughs) his company is nutrition. That's one way to make money, right? Start suing people. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly what it is. Um, So they used to be Anabolic Extreme. They changed their name to Athletic Extreme. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, they make no money, and nobody cares about them, and nobody buys the products. (laughs) So he now is suing a bunch of people, saying that they're competing unfairly by selling SARMs. Uh, in the supplement industry, which yeah, one, I think company, is kind of one company went one company went under as a result of that, right? There was one company that was selling Osterin that I noticed stopped selling it because they said maybe it's this individual in question made it difficult for them. To, uh, to well, so you might be uh, talking Thanos, about Thanos, um, Thanos Labs. That's I think that's the name of the company. Huh. I I don't know about them. I know that. Well, here's what I know. I know that. Uh, Athletic Extreme has a lot of pretty questionable products that I don't think are compliant either. Right. And I know that he he sued some friends of mine. So I took a Saturday afternoon and I wrote up uh, all the products that he was selling that I think were questionable, that were non-compliant. I sent them over to my friends at the company. And within two weeks, uh, he had dropped the lawsuit. <laughs> so, it's, it's always great to have someone like Anthony in your corner. <laughs> or it was settled. I'm sorry. It was settled. Yeah. Anthony's very good at just digging up stuff. It's like, ah, oh, you're trying to do that. Okay, let's go find a little bit of stuff about you. you know? <laughs> so it was, it was settled confidentially uh, two weeks later. Uh-huh. So for whatever that's worth, um, I think I was probably pretty accurate with what I thought he was doing that would have been uh, unclean hands. Right, right, say. right. So, yeah, I don't know about Thanos. I know that he just sued, like, a bunch of other companies who I'm not really friends with, so yeah. I don't know what will happen to them. But. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, no, evolutionary is a good site. Okay, cool. Perfect. And uh, what about what about your blog? You have a pretty good blog you do up. Is that still ongoing? You know what? I'm actually writing on uh, Medium now. Oh, okay. 
So what's the what's the website? But, uh, well, so they can hit they can find me on Medium, and uh, thank God I got I got involved with Twitter back in 2008. So they can get me at Anthony Roberts on you know on Twitter. Okay, and then they can find I everything else you're doing from there. Yeah, yeah, and I got that. I got that Anthony Roberts. I'm not like Anthony Roberts one or anything weird like that. <laughs> and that's Anthony <laughs> no, I Roberts, first folks, one, not man. Anthony Robbins. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not Anthony, just, Anthony uh, Robbins uses uh, arms. <laughs> well, no, yeah, not his head is quite large. I don't know. <laughs> He's got banana hands, so I don't know. A weird, big teeth, <laughs> tall guy. That's not me. Like, uh, if Anthony Robbins recommended SARMs, we wouldn't be able to put much weight on it because he recommends network marketing, too. So if, if you recommend yeah, network marketing, yeah. it's hard to trust anything else you say. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right? It's, it's the weirdest thing. Like that, to me, that's like a deal breaker. Yeah, absolutely. It is. Because what, what critical thinking, intelligent person is going to recommend <laughs> network marketing <laughs> you know, as an ethical way to do business? I was watching this clip with Anthony Robbins, and he was like, oh, you know what I love about network marketing is that you can be an entrepreneur without all the headaches of being an entrepreneur. Yeah, like making money, <laughs> you know, like have, having a profitable business, those headaches, yeah. Did you see like a few like, months like ago? All, like, all the negatives of working for someone else and then all the negatives of an entrepreneur. Dude, did you see a few, like, not a few months ago, it was a few years ago, but I love to bring it up. Like, he had the people walk across coals and they all got burned. <laughs> oh, yeah. Was... You know, I, I did the whole walk. Yeah, my, my wife coals. did it too. And, you know, she's... No, my, my feet were hot the whole night, man. They were uncomfortable. <laughs> it's not like I didn't feel anything. I'm walking across on my, like, this hurts like a motherfucker. And then the rest of the night, your feet were uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> no, he got like he got sued. Yeah, like, I know a couple people. Did, yeah, <laughs> it's not a good idea, man. Put like this: when you commit idea. to doing it, you can't change your mind halfway through. It's like you need to keep walking. You can't sit there like, oh shit, I'm walking on coals. Yes, you are. Keep walking. But it's, <laughs> it's not a it's not a good idea, no matter what you think, man. Right? You want you want to do no. mind over matter? Go hit a deadlift. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> go sprint up a hill that you don't think you can do. You know? Or, you know what? Or just go to the gym because you don't feel like it. You know, <laughs> yeah, you don't feel like just go. That's my over matter like even though you've had yeah, a crappy yeah, exactly. day you didn't eat well try to go to the gym anyway <laughs> there's so many things you can do forget so. that those are like you ever try to just set your set your alarm clock for an hour earlier see how difficult <laughs> yeah, that there is. you go <laughs> <laughs> yeah sometimes it's hard even when you have it set to when you normally yeah, wake exactly. up you're like, you're like, you're like man you? it feels so good being in bed right now i don't want to wake up like who set this for 11 yeah that's that whole <laughs> you know spring ahead thing happens that yeah, first yeah, day yeah, you're like yeah, exactly. oh, it's horrible <laughs> Oh man, it's horrible when that happens. I need to walk across coals. I set my clock back. <laughs> That's why you move to Arizona. We have to worry about that at all. Setting any clocks back like that. Like, nah, we don't. Yeah, do that I don't understand that. You guys <laughs> we, are just exempt from that. That's the weirdest thing. So, yeah. Like, how did how did they get out of it? Like, what made them so special? <laughs> when I when I lived in New Zealand, actually, they like the time zone went through the country. If you know what I mean. Like the line went through it. Oh yeah, yeah. it wore wood go through it. <laughs> but but I'm like, this line doesn't even exist. Map, it it's, so yeah. it's not even yeah, a real exactly. line. I'm like, we don't have to. You know what? We don't have to abide by this rule. This line doesn't even really exist. What are we doing here? Well, that's why I like what Luke was saying in the last episode. In, in Ethiopia, they don't do a 12 month calendar. No. They do whatever they want. <laughs> exactly. You know? it's like, who made it? You don't have to follow these rules that we all made up. <laughs> like, Civilization started here. No, what yeah, yeah. Like when you look at a map in the U.S., like and you look at all the states, like those lines aren't there. Like yeah, exactly. at all. No, like the, the it's just a sign. It's a sign. Like crossing New Mexico, you know, state line. Like, really? Where's the line? 
Says, says who? Who, who, who decided like, this is where the line is right here? Okay. Not like there's a wall, like, exactly. a Chinese, like a wall of China in between each state. Exactly. Yeah. Like you have to climb over like, yep, now you're in New Mexico. <laughs> Welcome to New Mexico. <laughs> yeah, like the states are all different colors on some maps. Like that's not really how it is. Yeah, I'm sure of it. <laughs> totally not like that. Like, no, I'm pretty sure that, you know, Nevada is still kind of red and brown. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's, there's more green in someone's backyard in New, New Jersey or Virginia than the whole state of Nevada. <laughs> yeah. Well, Golden State, man. So, Anthony, you have a book you're working on? Is there any timeline on when that's going to come out? Uh, yeah. So, um, so uh, I don't know, like a week ago when you were like, you want to be on the show and talk about SARMs, I was like, hey, I should really update Beyond Steroids and talk about SARMs. And... So that's basically where I'm at with the book is uh, I have the idea that I'm going to add a bunch of chapters and I don't know. I'm going to throw it out there as soon as I'm done. I actually honestly hadn't thought about it because um, I don't talk about SARMs at all in that book and it would seem to lend itself to that idea, you know? And I actually, funny enough, I do talk about uh, MK667, strangely. Uh, but I hadn't really thought about the book and I thought this might be a good, kind of a good chance to update it and looked into it. And there's, I mean, you know, a ton of SARMs out there at this point. It's not just like the big three, like there were. So, um, let's see early 2016. I'll have it out. Perfect. Well, cool, man. Sounds good. Great having you on, as always, and we'll stay in touch, man. All right, sounds good. All right, you take care. Easy, man. You too. That's our friend Anthony Roberts. Just hit him up on Twitter. That seems to be the best way to connect to everything else he's doing. And then make sure you hit us up by going to our respective websites. Go to MikeMahler.com. Use that coupon code LLA. Get 10% off some great ethical, clean products <laughs> that Meat Label <laughs> claims actually work. So you don't have to worry about me blowing money on, on celebrity endorsements. I blow money on creating great products that actually work for you. How about that? I'm a celebrity, damn it, and I use your product. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got Sam Sheridan on there. That's about the biggest celebrity I have on there. Let's see, who else? Uh, Mike Catherwood. <laughs> and those are just thrown in the mix. It's not like I emphasize those anywhere on the page. And those are people who buy the product, by the way. They're not people who I just send it to for free all the time. And then, so anyway, use that coupon code. And how about with you, man? Yeah, same thing. Go to newwarriortraining.com. Info products over there, DVD, ebooks, all that good stuff over there. Weight Management 101 program, get you ready for right now, not the new year. Start now. Get on that 12-week program online, self-paced, do it yourself. And also, while you're doing that, sipping some good coffee, go ahead and use that Chilorio door to go ahead and do that as well. You can still use that coupon code LLA to get 10% off of all of those products right there. And also continue to support our show by heading over to patreon.com slash LLA podcast and become a monthly supporter. Go in that little box where you see that one, put a zero behind it or just get rid of it and put five. Okay. Or put bigger numbers. Triple digits tend to really make us smile. So go for that. Be that guy. Okay. So yeah, that's another way to yeah, support you support the show. 
You could put ten thousand dollars on there, and you know, we'll, do, we'll we'll donate nine thousand to some great causes, and then have go. fun with the other. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and to my last but not least, you can head over to iTunes or or Stitcher or whatever you listen to the show on. Leave a review, share the episode, let the world know. Whatever on social media, wherever you go, tell them about the show. Let the rest of the world know that hey, man, I like this podcast. I love this podcast, and you should too. If you're not. What's wrong with your life, man? Yeah, so, we yeah. should have 500 reviews on iTunes. We're at 195. Come on. Yeah, we so, should have 500 reviews on there. We have we have way more than 500 listeners, I'll tell you that much. So, I yeah, mean, we see the numbers. <laughs> if we have thousands of listeners, why do we have less than 200 reviews? We obviously have thousands of people <laughs> listening every month. That means you like the show. So, go tell someone you like the show. Don't hoard it. Don't keep it to yourself. Exactly. It's not like some guilty pleasure that you don't want anyone to know about. <laughs> yeah. it's, not, it's not like that, you know, that, that S&M porn that you see, you know, <laughs> that you like keep to yourself and hope no one ever yeah, finds out. Like, it's not like that. It's not like that Katy Perry record a lot of you guys play at the gym. When you yeah, pretend my, like you're black. You have a Slayer T-shirt on. And, yeah, you but, you, but you listen to last Friday night. You know it word for word. And you, and you sing along with it during the Super Bowl halftime show, you know, <laughs> or you're humming it. Like, mm-hmm. like oh, yeah, I what, hate that stuff. You know, every song, every exactly. word, every song. <laughs> Yeah, for someone who hates, oh, my kids listen to it. Uh, oh, sure right. But you know the whole Miley Cyrus anthology, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. That's going to wrap it up this week. We'll catch you on the next show, folks. Take care. Take care, everyone.